What's up, everyone, and welcome to a very spooky edition of Game Face, episode 364 on Sifted Games at Sifted.net. <laughs> Shane Satterfield. He has the spookiest B-boy I ever saw. <laughs> I'm Shane Satterfield, your humble host for the next couple hours of spooky game discussion. Alongside me to do that is Matthew Kyle. Yeah, What's up? terrifyingly horrible today. <laughs> They put out an HD collection, and it wasn't HD. <laughs> How are you doing, everybody? Welcome to Game Face. Uh, today is Halloween. Uh, hopefully, you guys celebrate and are enjoying uh, the day. And hopefully, you guys have some fun plans for tonight. If you have kids, I hope you're taking them out to do some trick-or-treating. Um, Matt, what's your favorite candy? Um, Butterfinger. Butterfinger. Yeah. Um. I guess I like anything with chocolate and caramel. Yeah, those are, I mean, Twix is good. Twix, milk duds. I like Reese's peanut butter stuff, but that would kill you, so. Yes. You know what I've recently um, been reminded of that I forgot that I really liked is a candy bar called 100 Grand. Oh, it, yeah. I have it, some of those down in the Oh, you bowl. do? Yeah. Just chocolate, Very caramel, chewy. and Rice Krispies. Yep. And I had completely forgotten that that brand even existed. No, those are good. And then the wife brought them home, and she's like, do you remember these? And I was like, yeah, yeah I remember that I love them. Yeah. <laughs> so those are good. We, we've had a bowl of those sitting by our front door for a while. I like those. I like Kit Kats. Um, Kit Kats what else? are solid. What about um, candy, like not chocolate stuff? What's your favorite candy? I'm not a huge fan of non-chocolate candy. Yeah, um, me either. I guess Jolly Ranchers. Jolly Ranchers? Do you like hard candy? Yeah. like I, That would probably be it. Like, I don't like the just sugar candy stuff. Yeah, like it's, where it's just basically hard yeah, sugar. Like that you... Smarties or Jelly Bellies. I guess Jelly Bellies, if you get the right flavors. Yeah. Flavor is more important to me than sweet in that regard. So I like Spree. I like Sweet Tarts. I like Nerds. Mm -hmm. What else do I like candy-wise? Yeah, never... Skittles, I'm okay on. Skittles are all right. Um, I prefer M&M's. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What about the worst candy? What's your least favorite candy? Oh, mounds. <laughs> I'm enjoying mounds. Like coconut. Like I hate no, coconut no, too. Fuck that. I hate licorice. Yeah, I also hate licorice. Twizzlers, any of that yeah, stuff. No, I, I hate like that. that. I don't like the taste. I don't like the texture. I don't like any of that. Yeah. Necco wafers. Do you remember those? Oh, vaguely. They're these weird packs of like really thin wafers that you like slide. They're like, they've been around since like the yeah. 40s. Like grandparents always ate them. <laughs> yeah, I vaguely, I vaguely remember. Yeah, not, didn't, didn't hit. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I hate licorice. Most people like Twizzlers. I can't stand it. It doesn't mm -hmm. matter what the flavor of the licorice is, whether it's licorice flavor or yeah. cherry flavor. I just don't like the consistency. Think, what else? Is, oh, I love, um, uh, what is it like? I like British candy a lot because they they have better chocolate. Mm. Um, so uh, Cadbury cream eggs, which obviously oh those are good. Obviously Man, not. Time. Yeah, obviously not Halloween candy. But yep. The, the the originals they changed the formula in America and it, they suck now and they're smaller. Mm -hmm. um, but if you can get an actual UK one, still one of the best things. Mm -hmm. um, what is the damn uh, Violet Crumble? 
I love Never heard of that. That is a British candy bar that is, uh, it has honeycomb in it. Oh, it's, it's, it's like a, that hun- sounds it's good. a chocolate wrapped honeycomb. It's really good. That sounds really good. Missed out on that one when I was over in Europe. Uh, hope you guys are doing good. Hope you guys, let's see. We're, uh, Doll says NECA wafers were discontinued. Hmm. So I'm not the only one who thinks they're absolutely disgusting. Oh, good. <laughs> That's good to hear. <laughs> Um, Clay UK Garage, 1988. Never liked Bounty, to be honest. Like yeah. Lion and Mars. What's Bounty? Bounty is like um, is like mounds. Oh, okay. I think it might actually be what mount what mounds is called in in Britain. Oh, okay. Um, Sir Spider, thank you for Twitch Prime. Uh, Silk Snake says cream eggs are here all year in Europe, so you don't have to wait till Easter if you're overseas. But here in America, they only come around pretty much once per year, unfortunately. Um, so we got to wait until Easter time to actually get them. Um, Saltwater Taffy Vortex Complex says, C note like Skittles like me. AJ the Legend Watson says, now and later. They're kind of like the. Oh, yeah. Yeah, chewy. Like, they stick to your teeth and pull Yeah, your, they're, they're not quite pull chewable. Your fillings but they're, out. <laughs> no, those are good. I like those. Fifth Avenue. AJ Fifth Avenue is good. Yeah. Whatchamacallits. I always like. I like Whatchamacallits. When I was young, I liked Whatchamacallits and Caramello. Oh, the Caramellos are good. Yep. Yeah. Listeved, thank you for gifting all the tier one subs. I think I saw somebody else also. Oh, Sound Wizard, thank you for all the tier one subs. This is why you should show up in person for Game Face at twitch.tv slash Games because you'll always get a free sub from one of our generous. Uh, Rock and Roll 458, thank you for Twitch Prime. Mersh, thank you for Twitch Prime. Sound Wizard, thank you for Twitch Prime. Um, what else we got? Did you guys hear the uh, warm up music was the Misfits today in honor of Halloween? Mm-hmm. Little horror business going on there. Pain of Demise, thank you for Twitch Prime. Some people yeah. got my costume, Run DMC. That's absolutely mm-hmm. right. Um, I wanted to get like a big fake necklace to wear, but I just ran out of time, unfortunately. Pain of Demise says Hershey cookies and cream. Oh, yeah, those that's are not good. too bad. Um, they they're usually it's like a Halloween pack pack of like the mini like the fun size like things mm-hmm. that has like Halloween versions of all the different Hershey things, and like you get the you get the Reese's bats, and you get the 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 green Kit Kats and stuff, but the the like the Hershey's like cr- they have cookies and cream Hershey's, but they're shaped like fangs. Mm-hmm. Um, and I couldn't find those this year. Interesting. I was disappointed. That's a shame. Uh, we got a couple other people getting here. Sour Patch Kids from Not Cirque. I like Kit. I like the Kit Kats with weird flavors from other countries. Mm-hmm. I, I ordered from Japan. There's all kinds of different flavors. Actually, the best flavors of Kit Kat are from India. Uh, really? I, I ordered a bunch from India earlier this year. I got butterscotch. Oh, that sounds uh, delicious! Caramel apple, um, a bunch of the, the. I still have a uh, one of the butterscotch ones, um, mm-hmm. and then I got uh, Indian Snickers, which doesn't do you any good. But nope. Like, but <laughs> That's it had one thing I can't eat. It had uh, lime, like like citrus lime mm-hmm. and berry whip. Oh wow! Which is interesting. This is, this is a nice American difference thing. As an American, when I see the berry whip or the lime thing, I was expecting to bite into the Snickers and see bright green and bright yeah. red. Yeah. But it just looks like a normal Snickers. Oh, really? <laughs> They've just got different flavoring there because only in America would you pile all the artificial right. coloring in there <laughs> just because people expect it to look like a goddamn cartoon. Right. Yep. So I thought that was, I thought that I was like, yeah, that's true. That doesn't need to, it, you don't need to have, you know, red dye number five in order for it to no. taste like a berry. Yep. Um, Oreos also. There's tons of crazy yeah. flavors of those if you look around. But anyway, hope you guys are excited for Halloween. Um, appropriately, the marquee game in today's show is a horror game. And we're going to talk about uh, Alan Wake 2 later on in the show. 
But before we get going into our housekeeping, Matt, you have a new co-host there with mm -hmm. us, right, today? Yes, this uh, he sh Grimlock showed up yesterday. This is by the same company, RoboSyn, that did the, uh, the automated Prime. And uh, he is a slightly more advanced model. He's way more advanced. Hey, Grimlock. Yes, we go. Transform. <laughs> so freaking sweet. It's extinction time. <laughs> it's so freaking awesome. Hey, Grimlock. Yes, we go. Megatron. Helps if he has his uh, sword in his hand. Yeah, yeah, of course. Hey, Grimlock. Hey, Grimlock. Yes, we go. Autobots. We help. We save Autobot <laughs> now get him to transform again. I love seeing him click mm -hmm. his heels together. Hey, Grimlock. Yes, we go. Transform. Transform. <laughs> I love that. My favorite part is, for some reason, the way the back, the legs, like, condense up into the tail. There's yeah. something very satisfying about it's that. It's freaking sweet. Are you willing to share how much you paid for that with the people? Uh, he was $1,600. <laughs> Ouch. Which, normal, the most expensive Transformers thing I have ever bought. Maybe the, by, a, by a large margin. Uh, but, and normally, if you showed me a $1,600 Transformer, I'd just say, fuck you. Yeah. But it's Grimlock. But it's Grimlock, the yeah. exception to all like, I haven't. I haven't gotten their other, they've made a couple, they made a Bumblebee and a Movie Prime that I didn't get, partly because they're expensive, probably because they don't transform, mm -hmm. but you put a transforming Grimlock like that in front of me, yeah. Like, Done deal. I, I couldn't say no to that. So. Pretty sweet. <laughs> that's, that's my Christmas present to myself, I guess. A little early. Yeah, but whatever. It, you pre-order it or you get it. Yeah, yeah you don't get it. Yep. Yeah. Th th <laughs> this went up like earlier this year, so. Yeah. People were guessing it's like around $2,000, but yep. yeah, it's actually it, a little cheaper than that. Well, it was it's that it, that's the discounted price when you get the early bird on the Hasbro store. Uh, uh, if you buy it like at normal retail, it will be about 2,000. Yeah. Uh, uh, which is a lot because like the prime was 800 i think so this is this is there's a lot more happening in this one part of it because both modes have to walk around and animate whereas right. the, the truck is a little easier it to, just rolls yeah. yeah it makes it a lot easier um axel f 1986 thank you for twitch prime um people just freaking out holy crap <laughs> it's, it's pretty awesome yeah, but i man. do think he is still available on hasbropulse.com mm -hmm. uh, if you if for some reason you <laughs> want to spend that on this i mean i think it's pretty great Yep, Ilyagix, thank you for Twitch Prime. People asking us where we get our out-of-country uh, candy in the USA. You just get it at candy stores. A lot of candy stores exist. There's, like, websites like Galaxy Sweets and stuff you can order. That's where I got, I think that's where I got the um, the Indian uh, Kit Kats. Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of import places. There's places that are just, like, pure, like... Uh, yeah, there's Japanese grocery Japanese stores here. Japanese grocery stores. Where you can get all the crazy uh, Kit Kats. There's a place up in Echo Park called Galco Soda Stop, which has 
sodas from around the world, but also has a lot of candy mm-hmm. from around the world. It, it's it's around. Yep. There used to be a the British stuff I know because down the street from the, where I grew up, there was a British store, like a store that was just sold British import stuff, and it was mm-hmm. all you know. But it wasn't just candy; it was foods and and little household things that you that were like specific. You know, if you wanted like an electric kettle, which we don't really have in the or didn't have then, like which is something that I find shocks British people more than anything else. <laughs> it's like it's like you do, you don't have electric kettles. Like, yeah, no, we just boil it. It takes so long. <laughs> so yeah. It's like they, yeah. And then, like the the biggest horror was one of the British students I, I knew in in college, and uh, she had um, she had an electric electric kettle, and it was great because it heated up immediately. And it turned out, I don't know how long this was going on, but it turned out one of her roommates was using it to boil eggs in, <laughs> which affected the taste of the tea. Yeah, maybe a little <laughs> so, bit. <laughs> That's funny. Now, to be fair. Electric kettles are amazing for boiling eggs. Yeah, it yeah. It works great. But you have to not use it for tea. Yeah, you can't the, cross yeah. the street. No, there. you can't do that. <laughs> yeah, cross the street. Out. Oh. oh, he's been idle too long. He's going to go to sleep. He snores when he goes to sleep. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, the uh, I, I did dress as a Ghostbuster for Halloween this yeah. year. And I thought about wearing it, but like... It doesn't make any. It doesn't really make a lot of sense without the pack. Down. It's yeah, yeah, it's hard to see. You just see a, a tan jumpsuit with my name tag on. Yeah. It. So yep. hey, Grimlock. Hey, Grimlock. Yes, we go. Shut down. Goodbye, friends. Goodbye. <laughs> Pretty freaking sweet. <laughs> there you go. That's Grimlock. What who's that? What company is that made by again? Robosen. Robosen? S-E-N? S-E-N. Yeah. And if you remember, we also brought on... It's a Chinese robotics company. Yeah. We brought on Optimus Prime, which he got... How long ago was that now? Two years? That was a couple years ago. Yeah. Um, So he has... That's the whole collection, right? Except for one, maybe? I don't have two of them. I don't have the Bumblebee, and I don't have the... um, uh, The Bumblebee Movie Prime. Mm. Um, Largely because I'm... They don't transform... And that's a big one. If you don't transform, you don't get in the collection. That's a rule. And um, for that amount of money, they, they should transform. And I don't particularly love those characters. Like, yeah. You know, Optimus Prime and Grimlock are one thing. Um, some weird permutation of Optimus Prime and the kid-friendly character I never really cared about. Not going to spend hundreds of dollars on that. You better keep them away from the LS cream. Grimlock hammered. Well, that, would be, <laughs> that would be a good episode. Perhaps. It would be. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, again, I hope you guys Christmas. Yeah, I hope you guys are having a good Halloween. Hope you guys have something planned for tonight. If you have some kids, you're going to take them out, and hopefully, you can get some candy too along with your kids. Um, we have a great show planned for you guys today. Uh, we also have a ton of housekeeping. There's a bunch of little stories that happened this week, um, and we might as well just kick that off right now and get into it. Uh, Matt, the first story, smaller story we're going to discuss this week is that Microsoft and Xbox shared uh, the financial results for. It's gaming arm. How do, there's a word that they use to describe it. Is it called like, it's not hardware business. It's called hmm? interactive or anyway, it's one piece of their, uh, of their company that they basically pile all the Xbox stuff into. And so they delivered their financial report for the quarter. And one thing that we found out is that Xbox hardware sales are down year over year, like seven or 8%. Hmm. Um, does that surprise you at all, Matt? No, I mean, it just seems like fluctuation. Yeah. Um, 
I it bet. seems like now they should be selling more because kind of all these plans that they've had are coming online. They're you know they're getting Bethesda's games into Game Pass. People yeah. know that that Activision Blizzard was about to happen. All that kind of stuff. Are you? Eh, not really. I mean, seven percent isn't isn't the end of the world. It's just that it's down instead of growing. When you know if they fought through the yeah, well, supply a, chain issues and the doesn't matter production issues. Now they're also by the way, if it was up seven percent, we wouldn't be like, oh my god, they're about to take over the game industry. Like it doesn't. It's it's fluctuation. It's, you know, and and you can't you know with the inflation with the the amount of money that people have to spend right now doesn't surprise me people aren't going for a what is frankly a third place contender mm-hmm. for 500 damn dollars yeah um and especially if half of them are or more than half of them are series s i would imagine most people that want one have that already yeah so yeah i don't i don't i don't know if there's much of a market for it right now like if, I, I feel like especially because it's been easier to get than the ps5 for quite a while i just i don't i didn't didn't really expect much of a boost there i just am surprised to see it go down because to me the prospects for owning an xbox are better now than they have been yeah but i think a lot of people have had and i you you put a lot of emphasis on exclusives for xbox and i just don't think that's all that relevant i think people are i don't think people think of exclusives in the in the mainstream like kind of casual realm they don't they don't know that they mm-hmm. don't think about that yep. they don't realize they're just like that. oh does it have call it's of like, duty yeah, can does i play Madden? call of duty can i play <laughs> assassin's creed can i play all these thir- like yeah. all the third party things that the system can play count for the for the average like mm-hmm. c- consumer so it's like as long as it can play that they'll go ahead and get it and wait for the good shit do you think microsoft um, anticipated year over year drop in hardware sales I don't think Microsoft particularly cares. It doesn't seem like it does, really. Like, it, it's so focused. I mean, it might eventually, but it's so focused on Game Pass right now. It mm-hmm. doesn't really seem to care. It would much rather you get a Game Pass subscription on PC than buy a Series X. At this yeah. Because the, the profit margin on the, the Game Pass is much higher than, oh, yeah. than on the hardware. So. Although at this point, they're probably starting to make money on their hardware. I don't know. The the cost of production hasn't really gone down for any of those components. Yeah, because like, as we talked about before, they're proprietary. Yeah. So they're not just off-the-shelf parts in a lot of cases for these new consoles. Uh, so, you know, as Pactor has said a couple times recently, counting on a price drop coming for these consoles is kind of a fool's errand Yeah, anymore. I don't think there ever will be one. Like, it, you know, even the, the replacement PS5 isn't dropping the price nope. of the standard PS5. They're just going to sell them until they go away. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. There are, doesn't look, I don't think you're going to see price drops on these things until the generation's over, if then. Mm-hmm. I mean, even then, you, like, you can see things like with, uh, like, the Wii U. The Wii U never got a lot of big, deep discounts after it was discontinued because Nintendo recalled all of it. Right. Yeah. So, which is good for the retailers because it's just like, basically it was like you can return them and get a better, because they wanted people to be willing to carry the Switch is what, you know, you're trying to build uh, trust with the retailers Mm -hmm. so they don't refuse to carry your next product. Yeah, sure. Which um, Which may not matter. No. (laughs) At this point. Although now now they wouldn't have to do that, but I think that was a make good uh, because of the performance of the Wii U. Yeah. But in exchange, we didn't get a chance to get like, you know, $40 Wii U's on super red tag clearance right, or right. something. Um, which, I'll say this which on did Friday. happen to the Dreamcast. You know, yeah, yeah, there were there have been failed systems that that happened with, but Nintendo had a future, so they had to like think about that. Yeah, for sure. But I don't think you're going to see much of that with 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 any of this, and I don't, I can't imagine you're going to have trouble moving PlayStation Fives and even Xbox Series Xs once that's over, because you're always, that's it's even discounted by fifty bucks is a pretty good deal on these things. So yeah, you're for never sure. going to see these price drops for hundreds of dollars. You like just get free games now. Are, They're yeah. like, hey, here's The Last of Us with the console. Last for of free. Us, here's 
here's six months of Game Pass free. Here's Starfield. Yeah. That might actually move some hardware. That might, yeah. Yeah. Um, I was just at a mall on Friday. Yes, they actually still exist, and they still exist in Los Angeles. There are still malls here. Mm-hmm. And we went out to dinner on Friday night, and we had to walk through the Best Buy to get to the restaurant that we were going to. And the Best Buy that I walked through was loaded with PlayStation 5s and Xbox Series consoles. Mm-hmm. Tons of them. It was the first time I've seen more than one PlayStation 5 on a store shelf <laughs> ever since it launched. They had dozens of them. That's so good. it does appear that they only had maybe five or six yeah. Xbox Series X consoles. That won't last, though, so if you're looking for that... Yeah, go go. You're getting someone a PlayStation Five for Christmas. Go now. It's still yeah. It's still not that easy, yeah. which is kind of crazy when you really think about it. Because um, the next couple of weeks, your people, the the early bird people are going to be like, oh, it's time to start doing Christmas shopping. Mm-hmm. But the people, most people around Thanksgiving, like the end of end of November, are going to be like, oh, I got to do that now, and then you're yeah. then you're screwed. Yeah, I don't think Xbox wanted to see this. Um, I don't think this is good news for Xbox or something that maybe no, it expected. But I also don't think it's particularly bad because news. of their business model that yeah. they're trying to attain at this point um i think if this were playstation 5 hardware sales down seven percent year over year that would be a big red flag i don't know about that i mean they've sold so many of them i mean they're at what 45 million yeah they're gonna start dropping at some point i mean they still got another 100 million to go yeah but this is a much higher price point than anything they've done before other than maybe other than the ps3 Mm -hmm. um like you're gonna plateau at some point, and those are gonna have you're gonna have ups and downs from that plateau. And the next, you know, as you've noted, uh, you know, if if Sony was, I mean, I'd be surprised if that happened to Sony this quarter because of Spider-Man, right? Um, but you know, what do they do in Q1? You know, like, but you might. What see, did they do this last Q1? You might nothing. See, you might see a drop there just because there's no reason to go run out and pick pick up the system. But mm-hmm. I don't think that'll. Ha- I think people. I think the perception of the PS5 is, is that it's rare mm-hmm. and that will persist for at least another year. Probably. Like until people start having the experience you just had every time they walk right. through a, a big box store. Like I don't think that's going to be an issue for. Yeah. Them. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if I went back to that Best Buy now and they're all gone. Could be those yeah. PS5s. Yeah. Um. So anyway. Sales not looking great for Xbox, but it's not really a big concern of Xboxes anymore. Um, but I did find it a little surprising because I really thought it might gain momentum with kind of all these plans finally coming yeah, to fruition. It but. could also be a thing where, like, last year it was the only one regularly available, mm-hmm. so it was selling better, and now you can get a PS5 and you're going to pick between two of them. Yep. People mostly seem to pick a PS5. So Yeah, that's another good point, for sure. Uh, so anyway, maybe a little bit of reason for concern for Xbox, but... We're not setting up the red flag. I mean, they're already in last place. They, they can, they're going to stay there. Yeah, they, <laughs> I wouldn't start panicking until like Hellblade Two turns out to suck. Yeah, that would be a like that's alarm. the thing is like Star. You, know, you have your opinion on Starfield, but one way or the other. But like, it sold ten million yeah. goddamn copies. Yeah. It's, it's going to end up selling like twenty, and it's still the eighth most played game on Xbox even now, two months later. And it's like that's for a single player RPG. That's yeah. real good. It like, is. Yeah. So people are still you know absorbed by it. Uh, which is good because there's nothing else to be absorbed by <laughs> on that platform other than third-party stuff. Um, yeah. I noticed we didn't get a lot of uh, player base updates for Forza. No. Um, I haven't even heard Forza mentioned nope. uh, in a while. Uh, shocker. Yeah. I mean, if you watch our review of it, you understand why. But I think you're going to need to... like uh, the you know. So Starfield sort of did what it needed to do. It at least didn't... Uh, it at least didn't... Um, I forgot the name of it. What's the what was the stupid vampire thing? Redfall. Redfall. It didn't Redfall. It didn't pull a Redfall. Yeah. Uh, but now you got to follow up. Like, yeah. Xbox basically needs like three pristine shots in a row. Like, it like needs. Hellblade Two needs to be great. 
uh, whatever comes out after Hellblade 2, because we don't really know. Like, Avowed, Avowed or whatever needs to be great. Like, yeah. like you need to establish a pattern of, oh, everything Xbox has in, they uh, need internally one a quarter, is at great. Least. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. But they I need I a don't big even, game every month I don't and even a think, Starfield every quarter. I don't think they even need that. I think they need consistency in terms of quality much more than quantity. Where people just know that they can rely you can trust on, it. on it. Yeah, yeah, you can trust it. Like mm-hmm. that used because the 360 used to have that. It did. Like yeah. Xbox is like first party stuff. You, you used to be able to, able to depend on. Count it. on it. Yeah. And, and now, then it settled into that groove where we yeah. could count on it a little bit too much. Right. <laughs> so yeah, I, th- I think consistency is going to be key. Everybody, everybody, you know, the Eye of Sauron is on Hellblade now. Yeah. And whatever they have in the pipeline after that, I don't, I don't remember. We maybe we know that already. I don't remember what the. Yep. Uh, next up in housekeeping, this is even a way bigger surprise than Xbox hardware sales being down year over year, and that is that the Five Nights at Freddy's movie did a hundred and thirty million dollars its opening weekend. Matt, as the film guy, how do you feel about this? Um, I mean, it's it's a, an iconic franchise that uh, an audience grew up with. Yeah. So, yes, this makes a lot of sense. Um, I was surprised. It's a terrible. I mean, movie. I thought it would do okay. I thought it would do 30, 50 million maybe. I mean, the question was was always will these the, will the people who were twelve when this was hot and created the Twitch thing ten years will they come out to the theater? Yeah, because you can't always depend on Gen Z to show up. Yeah. for things like. But they did, and yes, the movie sucks. But like. So does Five Nights at Freddy. Like it, it's yeah. it's an <laughs> it does <laughs> as even the fans of Five Nights at Freddy's have pointed out. This movie is exactly what a movie version of this game. The, I mean, the the game is schlock, yeah. and the movie is also schlock. It's yep. like they nailed it. Like frankly, yeah, you know, this is what's called when you talk about a crit- critic proof movie. That's what that's what it is. It didn't matter what the reviews doesn't matter were. because what are it's what is it, its Metacritic it's, average? It's essential. Oh, it's something I don't remember. The Rotten Tomatoes is something like thirty something percent uh, critics. Sounds like about right. Thirty something percent critics and eighty two percent audience. Wow. I mean, the audience score doesn't matter on any of that stuff because yeah. you just vote over and over again. Yeah, you know, yeah. You know, the kids you know. pile in there, and it's it's being positively review bombed basically. But um, but the box <laughs> off, but the box office doesn't lie. Yeah. Um, you can rely on the box office more for audience sentiment than anything else you know it's like well you can you can downvote the last jedi to 10 percent as much as you want but it still made a billion dollars yeah, yeah. you, can't you stop. don't get to, you don't get to that without a lot of repeat business yeah yeah and the same with five nights at freddy's you don't get 150 million dollars without strong word of mouth and repeat business over that even over that first weekend so uh yeah it's, it, i mean it's like mortal kombat it's like that first movie is not high art yeah. But it is exactly what a Mortal Kombat movie right. should be, especially yeah. in 1995. Yeah, yeah. So I think you have a similar situation here where it, um, some people have also made a parallel to the Ninja, the 1990 Ninja Turtles movie, which was a surprise hit because, you know, but I would argue that the live action, the 1990 Ninja Turtles movie is actually a pretty good film, mm-hmm. like as for certainly for what it is. Yeah. Um, and the source material is actually a lot better. Um, it is still crazy to me that a really awful movie can make a hundred and thirty million dollars. I mean, that shows you the power of some of the gaming brands. Oh, it really. happens. Yeah, it happens. It happens more often than you think. I mean, I mean, isn't it like the second biggest opening of the year or something? Uh, no, definitely Oppenheimer, and it, it'd probably be in the top five though. I think. Yeah, I mean, it that's been, crazy, man. It hasn't been a very strong year. It, yeah, it hasn't. Um, the Marvels is about to crash and burn. In a really, you think way. so? Uh, ticket pre-sales for the Marvels is seven down seventy-two percent below Ant-Man: Quantum Mania. Below Ant-Man. I mean, Ant-Man: Quantum Mania was 
pretty pretty well wow. sold out. But like people are not flocking to the Marvel stuff anymore. They don't. They well, don't, I noticed the marketing for remember, that film. They're trying to say, "Here comes the new MCU." They're like trying to get the people hooked back into. Yeah, but it. everybody's been waiting for that for like the last three movies, and it hasn't happened. Yeah. So every, I think there's no, there's no momentum on that. There's no there's you know no, nobody trusts them to actually start delivering the overall story again. Mm-hmm. Um, it used to be a license to print money. Yeah, well, because they were in the third act of a of a long story that was starting to obviously come to a climax, and people just wanted more and more Marvel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now you're just, the problem with the current Marvel stuff is like who you know in the in the old the phase early phase Marvel stuff who are the main characters of the Marvel Cinematic Universe? The X Men generally. Well, no, Marvel Cinematic Universe oh. in those early movies, the Thanos saga. Who are the main characters? Like. Iron, Iron Man, Man, Iron Man, and Captain America. Yeah, like that's very clear from very early on. Yeah, well, they they got their own films. So. They have their well, a lot of people got their own films. Thor got his own film. Hulk yeah. got his own film. That's true, actually. Yeah. But like, uh, but when you watch the Avengers movie, it's very clear. Okay, the the overall story of this series follows is those two characters: Iron yeah. Man and Captain America. Mm-hmm. Who are the main characters of the current MCU? Yeah. No one knows. Yeah, and I do think that uh, originally, I think the plan was to um, have the kind of the the core characters be Spider Man. Uh, Black Panther and Captain Marvel, but you and ran then, into the problem of Sony started pulling weird shit with Spider-Man, so they can't rely on Spider-Man continuing to be there if Sony decides right. to do their nonsense. Uh, Chadwick Boseman died, mm-hmm. which is probably the biggest blow yep. to the MCU. Period. Because like, Black Panther was set, I think, to be the next Iron absolutely. Man, the next, uh, and the mentor, and yeah. I mean, like the con- it's the connective tissue. He's mm-hmm. like, if you had him there, if you still had that character who was such a big deal in the previous big story, kind of anchoring the whole thing, it would be a completely different situation it right would, now. Yeah. And instead, they've tried to do that with Doctor Strange, and he just doesn't really have that kind of He was of always pull. a bit character in Marvel. I yeah. mean, I mean, he's definitely more popular than he's been since he since the 60s. He was more popular like, recently than he ever was back in the day. Well, in the 60s, he was a big counterculture thing. Yeah. The Steve Ditko, uh, he used to be on every Blacklight poster in every stoner's dorm in the late 60s. Like, he was actually a <laughs> really big deal back huh. then you don't we don't hear about it anymore because it was a very quick moment right but like yeah he's more popular than he's been since we've been alive yeah for sure for sure and the and captain marvel was uh, but like allison brie or not allison brie brie larson has been reluctant to really push too hard on these things because she gets so much hate and so much so many death threats so mm-hmm. she sort of kind of wants i think she wants out of it i and don't I, blame her and i think that's why this is the marvels and not captain marvel you know the marvel family or whatever because like I don't think people care about that whole thing. Well, they care about Captain Marvel because that movie made a billion dollars. Did it really? It did. Wow. Captain Marvel made a billion point one. I'm shocked to hear that. It was a big deal. Wow. Uh, This is not going to do that. But you'll notice they call call it the Marvels, not Captain Marvel, because that indicates to me that they don't know if uh, Brie Larson's going to be around much longer. Yeah. Because her contract's got to be getting close. Well, all I can say is that that film should earn more money than Five Nights at Freddy's. And it's not going to. It probably won't. (laughs) It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know. We don't have any Five Nights at Freddy's fans on Sifted, like, at all. Well, yeah, because we're all too old. Yeah. One thing I did notice, I read one review for it, and they said that they were shocked that there weren't a lot of jump scares in the movie. Mm. They really thought the whole movie was just going to be one jump scare, because that's what the game is. Right. But they said, no, that they actually had restraint in making the film, and it's not just cheap, like, jump scares. I don't know. I'll still never see it, probably. Maybe when it's free on HBO or on Amazon or something, I'll check it out. But yeah, I don't... I mean, I can't imagine ever... Even then, 
it would be hard for me to watch it. I can't imagine ever wanting to spend my finite lifespan yeah, on that. Me either. Yep. I, I feel the same way about the game. So. Yeah, there you go. I played the first one a little bit to see what all the fuss was about, and I uh, don't understand what all the fuss was no, about. No, neither. It's like, yeah, this is basically... It's a streamer game. It's Yeah, it's a streamer, but it's You want to watch people go, oh! It's basically like a dumb version of Night Trap. Yeah. I mean, it's... <laughs> Good way to put it. I think, watching a bunch of cameras and... Trying, yeah, you know. no, you're right. Yep, it's very accurate. Um, another smaller story from this week. Um, we just now have uncovered a patent from Nintendo that it actually applied for almost a year ago, back in November 2022. But for some reason, it's just now surfaced for a brand new clamshell-designed piece of hardware. Um, hmm. Here it is. What do you make of this, Matt? Let me make a hat approach, pterodactyl. <laughs> um, I mean, it looks like a stripped-down DS. Do you think it's something that it... Some, one thing I saw on Sifted that somebody guessed was that it looks like something that attaches to an existing Switch to make it a dual-screened system. Mm -hmm. Could be. But yeah. I don't know where you would attach anything to the Switch. Like, you need a serial port or something. You wouldn't. There. You'd attach it to the next Switch. Right. So you think this may be something for the next Switch that would have the serial port, maybe? That would be my guess. I, I, they really want to get back to the DS thing, apparently. Yeah. I mean, it maybe could even be something... Well, there is a screen there. But it may also have maybe like extra an extra battery in there to extend the battery life. I mean, maybe. I'm interested in the idea that if you're carrying it around, it gives you a, a protective cover. Right. If it the close. clamshell design that yeah. they abandoned with the Switch. Yeah, that was the best thing about the DS was you could close it up, put it in your pocket, and not worry about it. Yeah, because here's sort of the folded view of it. That which, a, yeah. it just makes it look like one of the later 3DS model, mm -hmm. models, really. It also looks like it has a screen on the top. It does. So which is kind it, of interesting. So you can play it normal. That's a good point, actually, Matt, that it has the screen on the top. Like, I can't tell if that's a screen or just, like, a design. Right. I mean, I think it's probably a screen. I don't know. I mean, we, whatever 210, 210 is. 210 is, yeah. I should have looked in the patent and got, like, the the appropriate designations for what all these numbers are. Um, but your, to your point, it does appear to close up mm -hmm. like a clamshell. Yeah. Also, I will say um, the, 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 thing, the one thing leaked that showed the... Uh, not leaked, but they found in Mario Wonders code like button the button the buttons stuff. for the, yeah. the with different colors and it's, it's you know it's not switch buttons it's a, it's a but it's all like the primary color coded colors. like yeah the Super Nintendo I'm saying yeah Super Nintendo Switch because yeah. the Super Nintendo uh, especially in Japan as a Super Famicom leaned hard in the colored but that was the mm -hmm. logo in Japan it was, was the yeah. colors the, the, color the four color buttons yeah so I think uh, Super Nintendo Super Nintendo Switch here we go okay that's, that's my prediction I could understand that. And again, keep in mind, people, that these patents pop up all the time. And we always show you guys these things on Game Face. And we always say when we show them to you that, like, this may never come to pass. This is just something Nintendo came up with that it wants to protect in mm -hmm. case someone else comes up with it. The same idea or tries to steal the idea. Now Nintendo's protected just in case. This could just be nothing. But it, it could be Switch 2. Black Sierra says 210 is screen inside and outside. So there's an outside, so there's, screen. There's an outside screen. Let's go back to that other image here. That's an interesting idea. Mm -hmm. Having a screen on the outside. Would it be a touchscreen? You could only play touchscreen, like mobile games there, maybe? No, I would think that would be how you play normal Switch games. And then you open it up to play DS-style Switch games. Interesting. Hmm. Well, it's uh, certainly food for thought. And with Nintendo's patents, there's always more than meets the eye, much like the Transformers. Um, you may think it's for one thing, but then it's for another. Now, remember, Matt... Remember the patent that we came across right before the Switch was announced that had, like, 
it was shaped like a football and it had the analog sticks coming out of the screen remember mm-hmm. that yeah and that now obviously never happened yeah that was like what was was that a, P, a playstation controller no it was a nintendo thing. nintendo thing and people actually made mock-ups with 3d printers to try right. to fool people and like it was a whole thing before mm-hmm. they unveiled what the switch really was and obviously that patent never came to pass it just ended up being something nintendo was tossing around and it just again wanted to just protect it in case somebody else tried to do it so that could be all this is um there's no way to know yet um any guesses on when we will finally see next nintendo hardware um probably early next year yeah that's my guess around march time mm-hmm. frame something I know like people that people are saying like game awards but mm-hmm. i really don't think they're gonna i don't give, either i don't think they're gonna give jeff that that would be a huge get for jeff Keeley, man to that unveil switch to on his show Woo! that's some big stuff so i agree with you i don't think that that's gonna happen um unfortunately like good for him if he manages to pull yeah. that off but i don't i don't think so i would be shocked if nintendo made that decision yeah, they, they would they want that under their control i'll also say They'll maybe maybe there'll be an interview with Bowser where he says something like, "And we're gonna you're gonna see something new da, 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 yeah, soon." Or I maybe, will also say that at most, I think they will announce the date of the direct in which we will see the Switch Two for the first time. I was just in contact a couple few days ago with one of my contacts at Nintendo, and we're buddies. We're not just like work associates or whatever. Um, and we were talking about how long it had been since we've seen each other because of COVID and no E3 mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. And I asked when we might see each other again. And the person did not bring up the Game Awards, mm-hmm. which would lead me to believe that there's not something gigantic going on at the Game Awards. Just. I think in general, that's probably true. Just anecdotal. And <laughs> okay. <laughs> but anyway, I'm just telling you what I heard. Um, but again, all like anecdotal. If you're, if you're excited for more footage of the Elden Ring expansion, it'll be a festival. But otherwise, and to see Miyazaki give away the game award, actually, they shouldn't get Miyazaki to give away the game of the year awards. You get that kid. No, right? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that kid should just wander up and give give the game of the year award to Bill Clinton. <laughs> uh, Black Sierra says two screens equals Switch Two would be appropriate wordplay. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Yep. Pretty and clever. And you can switch between two screens and one screen like it. It has all the it, it has, has all, all the ingredients. The things you need. Yep. So we'll see how it goes. But uh, again, don't pin your hopes on Two something screens, like this. But one screen, technically three screens. That's super. Yeah. It's that all. would it would have three screens. Yeah. Yeah. One on the outside, two on the inside. So many things to break. Yeah, exactly. If you have kids. Yeah. You're, you're that Joy-Con. Getting two working Joy-Cons was unusual. Yeah. Try, yeah. Finding, try finding three <laughs> Switch 2 screens with no dead pixels. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so anyway, the plot thickens on the Switch 2 or Super Nintendo Switch or whatever they end up calling it. Um, just little drips here and there uh, that may end up to may add up to something or may add up to absolutely nothing. We'll see how it plays out. Uh, next up, another Xbox story for housekeeping. Um it was announced or discovered this week that Xbox is banning the use of some unlicensed third-party controllers on its consoles. If you're using a third-party controller right now, and that, the funny part is, like, it feels like that market is yeah, gone. Yeah, I don't. That feels like strategy guides to me. It's like, who does that? Yeah, like, it doesn't feel like people buy third-party controllers anymore. Nacon makes, like, good ones. So sometimes if people don't want to shell out the extra money for the Xbox Elite controller, maybe they buy the Nacon for, like, $50 cheaper mm. or whatever. That seems like the only market left for third-party controllers. Yeah, but a lot of those are still licensed. Right, Anyway, like, I, don't know, I, I don't know what, I mean, I, I assume they're talking about, like, 
controllers you'd buy at like the downtown market like out of like some basket in a stall or, or in something. china yeah yeah places like that where there's a lot of bootlegging a lot of piracy going on um basically what happens is if you're playing with an an unlicensed third-party controller a message pops up on your xbox that says hey bro you're not going to be able to use this for another two weeks you got two weeks to get rid of this thing and after that we're cutting it off hmm. um I don't really blame Microsoft for this because you have companies that are trying to skirt their fees for making stuff for their platforms. How do you feel about that, Matt? Do you think um, companies should be able to produce stuff without having to license it for consoles? I mean, having used some pretty terrible third-party controllers, like I don't see a real problem with this. I agree. It's all about, to me, it's all about consumer protection. It's mm. about making sure that when something is licensed, Microsoft has tested it and make sure it works the way it's supposed yeah. to. I remember my friend going through just a cavalcade of terrible third-party, cheap third-party controllers on the NES. When Mad we Cats kids. for the N64. He had, and he had the wireless ones that barely worked. He had the um, he had the ones that like, that like, what the? What a busy day. Uh, he had the ones that had like, um, they were like longer handles and they had like vents with fans in them. Oh yeah, cool I had your, one of those. To cool your hands off so while you don't you sweat while you play. It's just like, I'm like why? what is this? <laughs> it's like, white pants on pants. <laughs> and it was like weird because it's like his mom wouldn't buy a license, a license one because they were too expensive, but she'd pay like three times as much to get three cheap controllers yeah. that broke or sucked overall. And well, if you go like, to a friend's house, it's like the the lesser friend was the one who always got the third oh, yeah. party controller. Got, that was there was one friend. That was like one place where it was like it was like he had three official N sixty four controllers and one Mad Cats. Yep. And like whoever lost the match had, had to, to use, use the, the Mad, Mad Cats, Cats, which is a self defeating cycle. Right. And now you're gonna st you're stuck with a Mad Cat. Like, you're not gonna win Goldeneye doing that. Nope. That's for sure. Uh, so anyway, I think we both agree that this is A-OK. -okay. And honestly, this is really like Microsoft looking out for you guys to make sure that you're not going to buy stuff that's going to break in a week or whatever, and you're not going to get ripped off. So to me, this is all about yeah. consumer and protection. And most of the stuff you'd have as a cheaper third-party alternative is already licensed. Yeah, yeah. Like I think it's the big deal about nothing, really. Yeah, if you can buy it at Walmart, it's licensed. Yeah. Like, even if it's a third-party. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, another smaller-ish story from this week is that we finally learned that the new Avatar game is in fact what we thought it was, which is Far Cry set in the Avatar universe. Mm -hmm. A bunch of previews went up yesterday for the game hands-on previews, and first of all, they were pretty much glowing. I was really surprised by the tenor of all the previews that went up yesterday. Pretty much every single person was like, wow, this is way better than I thought it was going to be. Um, and I mean, I'm think, on board for that concept. Yeah, I mean, I think it's the it's the shot in the arm the Far Cry formula needs. Yes. Um, and I don't like sci-fi. I don't like Avatar very much, but like this seems like the best way to kind of explore that world. Yeah. Um, on on your own without having to deal with a Captain Power episode of a story the whole time. And just a reminder, the plot of this is that you play as a Navi who's been who has been raised away from the Navi, and the whole part, the whole crux of the game's plot is you reintegrating with your people and having to learn stuff that other Navi your age learned, but you didn't because you weren't around your tribe or whatever. And that's the plot of the game: is you reassimilating in with the Navi. Um, it may end up having a story better than the films, Matt. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of crazy no, to think about, but aim high. Yeah. 
but it's not that difficult. Let's be honest. I mean, I feel like Avatar is a success not because it's a great story. Oh no, I, I think it's really just a technical marvel of it all. No, it's uh, Avatar is a is a theme park ride. Yeah, it's a role. It's you know that's the whole thing. That's why that's why no one talks about it mm-hmm. as a story as a story or a film. Yeah. It's you got on it and you watched it in 3D and it looked amazing and you left the theater and forgot about it. Except unless you're, really one, of, unless you're was... one of the people who wanted to kill themselves because uh, they could never go to Pandora. That was <laughs> that was a phenomenon for a while. I mean, all I got out of it was like colonizers bad, and I knew that already. Yeah. So, <laughs> but this game, I'm pretty excited for this game now, and it's coming in December. It's going to be one of those games coming in late. It's not going to probably make it in time for the game awards, but no. we'll yeah. make it in time for our game of the year yeah, awards. I mean, I. I I like Far Cry, and I've been kind of meh on the last couple Far Cries, so I'm kind of hoping this re- reignites that. Me too. It looks it looks different enough that I'm not going to feel like I'm doing the same old thing. And I assume it will not have the old kind of stale sense of humor that Far Cry has, and I won't spend half my time doing weird drug trip missions. I'm good with never having to do a hallucination <laughs> mission ever again for anything, ever. Well, that's interesting because we're going to be talking about Alan Wake 2 here in a couple right. minutes, so I'm excited to have that you know, conversation even, with you. <laughs> but even Spider-Man 2 had that. It did, yeah. Like, I don't mm-hmm. need to swing through Miles' weird memories. I don't right. need to go into the Mr. Negative's alternate universe of psychological torment. grayscale. Like, <laughs> it's just like, it's like no, just... just you don't need to do that. It's, yeah. it's not a compelling way to present internal drama. It's a plot tactic that we'll be talking about here shortly when we talk about Ellen Wake 2. Um, also, some smaller news from this week. Um, we learned that From Software is hiring en masse. Um, Somebody has to. Are you surprised to hear this? <coughs> not in the wake of uh, Elden Ring blowing up and needing to obviously put more content out. I imagine they want people to continue working on DLC for Elden Ring, but also start working on whatever the next thing is. Do you think this is good? Probably. Yeah? Does yeah. it not make you nervous when you have kind of a boutique developer no. that's really good at making one kind of thing, trying to staff up and become sort of this video game machine? No. Not until it happens. Yeah. Like, I, I there's no reason to think one way or the other on it yet. Like, hmm. we'll see how Miyazaki, Miyazaki has been able to keep all that stuff more or less under control. But they put out, like, one game every three or four years other than this last 12 months when they put out mm-hmm. two in kind of a one 12-month span. Which were both pretty good. And both so. were pretty good. Um, but they're staffing up. It looks like they're going to try to juggle, like, three or four games at a time. Yeah, well. Makes me, I mean, look, I'm not the world's biggest From Software fan. I did enjoy Elden Ring way more than their other its other games. But just as an outsider who's kind of impartial, that does throw up a couple red flags to me. I don't really think so no it's like and even if it does you know they're gonna put more emphasis on elden ring and the things people sell the things that sell and people care about if they're putting out mediocre b-listers on the side who cares yeah like like it because there's only so much from stuff you can play i wonder if they are doing this too to maybe have other companies pay them to make games like maybe a bloodborne 2 might be somewhat and there's a risk risk of falling into the platinum trap with that right that's what i'm getting at is like i look at what happened with platinum and i'm hoping it doesn't happen here with well here's the thing uh from software can can do more than one thing and platinum can't platinum had a kind of decent combat system that's it yeah, they never made anything compelling in any of those games. Narratively, otherwise. you're right. Yeah, uh, the narrative stuff all, all came from near, and all mm-hmm. uh, came from specific directors and mm-hmm. specific writers. It was not part of the platinum DNA. So, I I think from also from used to turn out way more games, and they were also that was when making games was a lot more simple though. Yeah. 
But maybe we get like a, a lot of the staffing up might also just be to be able to get Elden Ring two out in less than six years. That's a good point, actually. That's true. They may not be working on completely different projects. It might just be like we need this many well, no, people that to get was this in shit the, done. That was in the report. Is mm-hmm. that they do want to work on multiple games going forward? Right, but like they are working on multiple games. Yeah. So I, I'm not too worried about it. And even if they, if they crash and burn, I got what I want. Yeah. We I got, mean, we've we got already got some good pretty good stuff. stuff out of. I don't see a crash and burn happening. I mean, I don't think the platinum at this point is crashed and burned either. I think I the mean, people who left Platinum would say they did. Maybe, um, yeah. Platinum hasn't put out a compelling thing in years. Um, even the best stuff they do is stuff like Azure... What is it? Not Azure Dreams. The, 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 the Azure's cop, Wrath? No, the cop thing with the chains on the Switch. What oh, was that um, called? Was Astral, Astral Chain. Astral Chain. Yeah. Astral... Astral... It's something. See? <laughs> like, yeah, no one... exactly. Yeah, yeah. You don't even remember it. Yeah. Um, but like that was a decent idea that I didn't think came together very well. But it's just like you know, like they're they're not really a force anymore. Like a, a new platinum game doesn't get anybody super excited, and it used to be like a, a news story. No, you're right. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't know. I guess we'll see. It, I, I do you feel like from software will go out of its comfort zone and start making games for people besides its fans? No. No. I mean, they've never done that. Yeah. Like, I don't... From has never made a game that wasn't hard as nails and weirdly obtuse. This is just Even to go back to the PS1 shift. era. Yeah. Maybe they're just going to want to do... They want to do another Kingsfield. Yeah, it's possible. Yeah. Maybe they want to do remasters of their old shit. Or maybe... They, yeah, maybe they want to dig up some of their old IP that's just been sitting there dormant for yeah, quite a maybe while. Maybe they want to have a dedicated Armored Core team now. Yeah. That's maybe, possible. You know, Armored Core did well, and Armored Core is a lot simpler to pull off than Elden Ring. What are the chances of them maybe making another Dark Souls? A more linear... Zero. Yeah? Yeah. Because, you know, you, you've kind of been talking about how, you know, some people may miss those types of games with not, Elden not, Ring. Not to the degree that they won't buy Elden Ring 2. Yeah. But what if they make Elden Ring 2 and they make more of a straightforward Dark Souls-ish game? I don't think they will ever make a non a yeah. non. I tend to agree with you again. on that, too. It's like, why go back, you know? Yeah. But to your point, there are some fans out there that maybe prefer those other types of games. I'm not one of them. Yeah, but, <laughs> but there's tens of millions more who will like this better. Yeah, so agreed. Go, It'll be interesting, too, just to you see... You go where the money is. It'll be interesting, too, just to see like how Elden Ring 2 does after mm-hmm. a lot of people bought the first one and were like, oh, my God, like this thing is kicking my butt, you know? It'll be interesting to see if it can hold the numbers that it did with the, the last game. Um, but anyway... Changes coming to From Software. I, I think mean, the key is that you don't feel like you're stuck. Yeah, that's it. That that was the that was the secret. That was the secret sauce they had In to Elden figure Ring. out to make to make that genre break out. Mm-hmm. Was people don't want to throw themselves against the same wall over and over again. You give them somewhere else to go and level up and come back and try it again later after doing some other interesting stuff. There's your success. It worked they, for me. And they will never ever ever go outside those lines again. Yeah, because. Why would you? Like, yeah, why would you? After like, the success you had, like, yeah. there's that's just Stockholm syndrome. If you want to do the linear, throw yourself against the against the crashing waves thing mm-hmm. over and over. Because like, having done that with like Lies of P and um, Lords of the Fallen recently, like, I don't find that fun. I don't either. I never found I it never fun have, in the first but... place. <laughs> yeah. It was just sort of satisfying when I finally got past it. And now mm-hmm. I'm just like, but I now I know there's a better way, yeah. and I don't want to go back to that. Yeah. So that's the end of that. And again. I think other companies are starting to figure out how to do that just as well mm-hmm. uh, as the older From games yeah. to some degree. Or certainly just, I mean, people see, you know, the, the Bloodborne fans seem to have accepted Lies of P. Uh, as their own. As their own in a way that I don't <laughs> understand because I think that game is kind of trash. Yeah. But like, uh, other than visually, but like, 
people you know tons of people seem to love it and think it's like the greatest thing since bloodborne so if other companies can fill that hole like from software from software doesn't need to worry about it and also from software be competing with them and if you're making elden ring i think it's gonna be a long time before like the people who make stuff like liza p and lords of the fallen can do anything on the level of elden ring yeah um another story smaller story from the week um we've been hearing a lot about a lot of layoffs across the games industry we talked about epic laying off almost a thousand employees not long ago mm-hmm. um and we found out this week that bungie has been forced into layoffs um now we ultimately found out that most of the cuts were to the community teams it wasn't necessarily the nuts and bolts developers that were let go um, but still, it was forced to lay off some people. I don't know what that says about what's going on with Destiny 2, except for the fact that the big expansion for Destiny 2 that was supposed to come out early next year has now been delayed into hopefully done by the end of next year. Mm. Um, so I don't know if they're related. It's a little weird to have layoffs and then... I mean, I think they probably are related in the sense that they don't need a huge community team because that thing's not going to be ready for another year. Right. So you're saying they're related not in that they had to lay off developers and so they have a smaller staff and can't get the games done as quickly. You're saying that like no, most... they laid off the staff because they don't need them because the games aren't getting done on time. Yeah, there's, you don't need a huge community staff when you know the engagement's low because there's no new content for another Everyone's year. playing the same old Destiny 2 stuff yeah. still. Or when Marathon gets pushed into 2025, which... Which, that happened. I mean, That's that the seemed, other part of this. That it, seems to be... I mean, that game clearly was being shown too early when they first showed it, but, like, that's that's some solid confirmation right there. Yeah, that's the other part of the story. So the Destiny 2 expansion was delayed, and also Marathon has now been delayed into 2025, which is odd because I actually, on Sifted, we had already listed 2025 as the release date mm. for Marathon. Just as a wild guess, we kind of thought yeah, that that might... that was might... kind of my assumption, but, like... Apparently, they thought it was going to come out next year. Yeah, that's very optimistic. And now it's not. It's not coming out until 2025 at the earliest. Um, think this says anything about stuff going on at PlayStation or at Bungie? I mean, I think it mostly just says that no one is, no one anywhere seems to be particularly safe. And if you want to get into the game industry at this point, you're probably a little crazy. You're right, though. It is kind of getting to that point. Almost any facet of the games industry. Mm-hmm is scary to work in at this point um it's an eye-opener really and it the crazy part is it like you look at the finances and the games industry is doing better than ever yeah across the board but no and they seem more frugal than ever but the people who make that the people who make the games don't benefit from that mm-hmm. if that's that's all the codex in the world yeah which that. they should like game developers are so underpaid considering what they make generates well, so the, much revenue they uh the entire game industry needs to unionize. It does. It's the, the long and the short of it is that. I mean, like, honestly, not just the games industry, Matt. Every industry. Well, most industries are. It's happening. So. Like, we just saw the the um, automobile manufacturers. Yeah, well, they've had a union forever. They, they have. They, they had to renegotiate. But they were just letting things slide for forever, and now they finally put their foot down and striked, and they all got huge raises. Mm. And that's the only way... That, yeah, the, the corporations and the bosses are never going to do the quote-unquote the right thing. Yeah, like, on their you, own. You have to drag it out of them kicking and screaming yeah. every single time. But companies are not your friends. Yeah. The boss is not your friend. None of that. None of that. Like, the only way worker salaries in general are going to match the rising cost of living, inflation, mm-hmm. things like that, is unionization. Yeah, you force in it out. In every industry. 
You have to strike. You have to be like, we're not working until you give us a raise. So um, you're right. I think the games industry now more than ever needs to unionize because they're just treating these people like trash. Like Mm -hmm. they finish a game two days later, they lay off 40% of the staff. Bye-bye. Thanks for working 80 hour weeks for the last two years. People need to stop like this thing where it's like, there's that period where, oh, I want to work in video games. I want to do video games. I'll do anything. Yeah. People need to stop acting like it's a privilege to kill yourself for these companies. Yeah. I mentioned this Um, in Ashane Anything this week. It's like, People always have always asked me, do you want to go into game development? No, I don't, because I've talked to the people who make games. They're all miserable. Mm-hmm. Like, people think Unless that you're making an insomniac, games, you're miserable. Yeah. People think that making games is like you go to work every day and it's like romper room. No. Like, no, it's like every other job. You go into the office and you sit in front of a PC for nine or ten hours and you get up and you go mm-hmm. home and sit in front of a PC for a couple you more do hours. You a bunch of math and you move a little model four inches. And yeah. It's not, you're not sitting there playing games all day. Like, yeah. that's not how it works. So yeah, tighten up the graphics on level three. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so anyway, um, hopefully I agree with you. Unionization needs to come to game development. That's the only way they're going to get what they deserve. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's Again, the way it is in pretty much every industry in America right now. It's just the way it is. Um, Another small story from this week is that Mortal Kombat 1 had a Halloween fatality, Matt, and they are charging $10 for the fatality. That's impressive. Impressive in what way? Well, isn't that like a quarter of what they charged for that Aftermath DLC? Maybe. So like the a full story expansion is only is is four fatalities. Right. (laughs) <laughs> it just so Mortal Kombat One. I don't think we actually have got sales for that yet. I don't remember, but it is generally the best-selling fighting game in the industry. Yeah, and it has been for like three installments running. I don't see any yeah. reason why it would be different now. And they talk about their fans, like their family and Nether Realm. They're always talking about mm-hmm. the fans, the fans, the fans, the fans, and peep a bunch of their fans just paid seventy dollars for this game like a month ago and now they're trying yep. to get ten dollars out of them or for more, a fatality if you, got the, if you got the ultimate thing right that's insane to me that, that was that's a dollar 99 thing yes to me yes or free just because you're yeah. like look we just launched here's goodwill like you guys just gave us 70 bucks for our game yeah and you're gonna give us money for the packs and the extra characters yeah. and the horror characters yeah. and the season you know a bunch of you already paid for the the first pack and you know we're being very slow getting the homelander out yeah uh, or, or omni-man rather um yeah it's it's weird and i can't imagine it caused that amount of labor to make a halloween uh fatality also halloween is kind of in this game's wheelhouse yeah like celebrate it with your fans give them the fatality for free I mean, michael myers has been in this game right imagine the positive vibrations on social media if they just came out today and they're like, hey, here's this Halloween fatality and it's free. Mm-hmm. Imagine the goodwill. Yeah, little holiday little holiday treats yeah. would be good. And it revives the interest in the game. It goes through everyone's social media feeds again. Oh my God, they gave away a free fatality. Like, they like played little... this completely wrong. Yeah, it's, it's short-sighted. It really is short-sighted. It, it is weird, again, coming from Netherrealm that claims and usually is very good about taking care of its fans. So I, this, caught, this really caught me off guard. I was like, I, what? I, I have a... I mean, I'm very, I'm, I have a trend of blaming them for things, but like, I'm going to guess this was Warner Brothers. You think? Yeah. This screams Warner Brothers. Hmm. They're like, you're not giving that away, you yeah. mean? Netherrealm doesn't call those shots. Yeah, you're Netherrealm right. Netherrealm doesn't price stuff. Yeah, they're not the ones who decide, but they can push back and, and go to bat for the fans. They can, and be like, but also like, is this, a, is this a hill worth dying on? Well, also you got to remember, they're comparison. trying to sell that stuff. 
So they need as much money as they can generate to make the sale seem more palatable to maybe sell all this stuff. So, but like you know, if I'm trying, to remember that all those guest characters are owned by Warner Brothers, right? So that if Warner Brothers just and I know for from experience and from personal you know personal friends who have dealt with them. Warner Brothers will pull shit from you mm-hmm. internally. Like, it doesn't yeah. matter who, how internal or how integral you are. Like they will punish you for going against the grain. Yeah. Um, there are weird things that have, you know, and, and none of it makes any sense. I've had just on a personal level, I've had weird issues dealing with their PR. Mm-hmm. So I mean, they tried to shut down Arkham Knight's Batmobile. They wouldn't let them show the Batmobile at Comic Con because Zack Snyder thought the Justice League Batmobile. Or the Batman versus Superman Batmobile looked too much like it, <laughs> but it, but, okay. it much, but the Arkham Knight Bat, Batmobile was designed a year and a half before the Batman v Superman one. Yeah, so they were there first. But and the and the compromise was you can show the the game Batmobile at Comic Con for one day, mm-hmm. and then it has to go away, and we're only going to show the movie one. The, so dumb. Like the film department was just running roughshod over stuff, but that happens in turn. Like you, like Warner Brothers does not care about any of that. So I would totally be like, oh, what, how much should a fatality? Oh, Halloween fatality, ten bucks. Yeah. Like, there's no way the people calling the shots at, at Nether Realm don't know the realities of what people are going to think about that when it happens. I do. I do not. Simply do not believe that Ed Boone is the one who gave the okay on that. Oh, I definitely don't believe that. Knowing Ed Boon, I know that that's a thousand percent mm. not true. Um, however, I do think they have some agency to affect the decisions made by WB on some I level. think you would be surprised. That's really sad. They are basically considered, I, I guarantee you that to Warner Brothers, they are basically contractors and nothing more. Even though they own them. Even though they own them, <laughs> even though they've made them billion, literally billions yeah. of dollars, doesn't matter. Yeah. Warner Brothers is a bunch of corporate hacks. So bottom line to here. The, to the brim. Yeah. To the top. Bottom line here. Don't pay for it. Send a message to Warner Brothers that you will not stand for this crap. Go watch the fatality on YouTube. I didn't even want to show it on the show. I was so pissed off about this. Mm-hmm. So we didn't show it. We showed Wait. a bunch of old fatalities. Uh, but you can find videos of it on YouTube. Watch the video. Wash your hands of it. Move on. And that's about all you need to do, really. I mean, yeah. once you've seen it. It doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. That's why it's crazy. It's $10. It's nuts. Um, okay, another small story. From it's also this week. different from what usually in the past. Their Halloween or like Christmas things have been like outfits or, mm-hmm. or or skins. Yeah, I know you like a pack of three for like less than this. I know it's crazy, dude. Uh, another small story from this week comes from the Capcom camp. We found out this week that Capcom is working on replacing its RE engine. It is building a brand mm. new proprietary engine. Let's talk about that first, Matt. Is that smart to build your own engine? So you don't have to pay to license out Unreal Engine. I mean, it worked for them here. Yeah, they built the RE engine. They did. Yeah, and they've been riding pretty high on that for a long time. But do you think it. the RE engine is good enough? Did it you has, think it was good enough? Yeah, it has been. But clearly, they want something that can. I mean, look. I any, think it was passable. Any engine can do pretty much anything as long as the tools to make it do that are in it. Mm-hmm. And so clearly, they want to build a new engine that has a lot of built-in features and tools to do, do new things they want to do that they'd rather not. You know, it could just come down to like we want to be able to do these things that can already be done in the RE engine, but we cludge together tools for that. You know, on the fly, and we'd like an engine that has all this stuff integrated from the start. 
it could be that simple. The RE engine to me already has a look to it. Like oh, I can tell when a game is built on it. And but, I have yet But to I will play. also say most engines are that. I, I can tell what most engines are. Maybe. I can tell when it's Frostbite 2. I can tell when it's Unreal. I can tell when it's uh, I can't RE. really pluck out Unreal. I can tell Unreal. Unreal 5 I can because the games are advanced. Mm. But Unreal 4 I really can't. I usually can tell Unreal. Uh, Unity is obvious yeah. most of the time. Especially when it's 3D. Um, but like, uh, yeah, Ubisoft's engine, Source, the Anvil, Anvil engine, Source I can pick that obvious. out usually. Yeah, Anvil, Anvil is very clear. I mean, it's it's a little cheating. Cause, but but also, all these engines that we're talking about, I generally think are not as good as Unreal Engine. It depends what you're using them for. Unreal Engine is still bad at open world. Yeah. That seems so short-sighted and weird. But like, for me, like, Leon looks like he's made out of plastic. I feel like a lot of the characters in the RE engine games look like they're yeah. action figures. They, they don't. They have a look. They don't. They don't do um, realistic looking skin very well. Or the hair. I think the hair looks like mm. it's got like glossy spray paint on it or something. I mean, like. that's a choice. You don't. They don't have to look like that. That's that's a that's a thing they've chosen to do. That's not an engine thing. That's just how they. That's a house style. That's weird. Um, um, I, don't know, I don't know why. I don't know how much conditioner they think all these guys are using. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Remember the rain originally when they first showed first gameplay from yeah. the RE4 oh, remake? Yeah. I mean, that's, that, again, that's, that was a choice. That's that, not engine. Yeah. That, that's that was just, just bad art. That was just bad. <laughs> well, bad art and bad decision making. Well, the thing making. is, like, if you look at, like, so that's not an uncommon way to do, the, do rain. Like, Cyberpunk does rain the same way. Mm -hmm. They just throw a filter on the right. thing. The yeah. trick is when you turn in Cyberpunk, the rain, the rain is going a certain direction, right? It doesn't go change and when you direction. turn in Cyberpunk, the rain is now, if it's going, you know, left to right, and then you turn left, now it's coming at you. Right. In the original way they'd implemented it in Resident Evil 4, it didn't change direction. It just stayed static on, like a curtain mm -hmm. on your, th that's the problem. Yeah. And when you go, when you go back and look at what they changed on that, it's the same effect. It just turns with you it might even just, well they toned it down they toned it down it, but they but they also just made it so that when you turn the rain changes direction that's what made it look fake was mm -hmm. it didn't change direction it looked like a, a constant filter that had no relation to reality and like that that might have just been like a zero or a one out of place like you don't you don't know what what mm -hmm. happened there that, that was like a weird oversight or they just decided to turn it to ten, and because it just there was just too much rain, it was obscuring. You couldn't it was see. Obscu it was obscuring, but the problem wasn't that. The problem was uh, that the 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 filter was was wrong. Like yeah. they were they were doing it wrong. Like when you the it, GTA it, remasters too, same yes, deal. It, the rain it was, that it was, was a very that was a very similar problem. Yeah, um, it just wasn't turning with the player. Yep, um, which is bizarre. But, but bottom line, this is good news no matter what. Capcom's going to have a better engine to make the games that we love look even better. Um, my guess is it's probably not going to have games that'll be released based on that engine until maybe next gen. Could like they have to ride out the RE engine for. Yeah, this might be like the engine they plan to do like cross gen right. at the end of this generation. Yeah, with. that'd be my guess too. Uh, but bottom line is good they might news. also know some things about the targets for the next wave of hardware that like yeah. they want to be ready for to take advantage of because yeah. that was actually a problem with a lot of the stuff. This gen was like no one was quite ready to jump into the ray tracing world. No mm -hmm. one, no one quite had things ready. Now you're going to know a little bit more about that, so you can prepare better. And they want again, uh, developers will tell you over and over again, the engine is not as important as the tools that are supported by the engine. Yeah, yeah. And you can you can write a tool for anything, 
Um, but the more and more that's already in place and, and like, you know, it's been built from the ground up to, to uh, we're obviously going to be able to have these tools in place and you're not going to have to worry about, will that tool crash? Will it crash outside of the engine? Will the engine not recognize the, the input? But if it's there from the beginning, you're going to have a much smoother experience. Yeah, and don't forget um, the Capcom. And you'll be able to make the games faster. Yeah, yeah. And don't forget the Capcom uses this engine for everything. Street Fighter Six was built on the RE engine. Mm-hmm. So it needs to be honestly, pliable, the, honestly, malleable. The, yeah, and again, engines are. It's, yeah. it's all about good the engines tu- are. All about well, no, all engines are. It's all about the tools you make to implement things. It's like how Frostbite Two, you couldn't have somebody climbing over something Nathan Drake style because they no one had ever had anyone do that in the Frostbite engine before. Mm-hmm. And Amy Hennig and her team had to build that tool. Yeah. Now you can have someone do that because they built that tool and got fired. Yeah, but I mean, look, um, there are still artistic things that like can be better implemented in one engine than another. It's not just, uh, just about the tools. No developer I know would agree with that. It's it's literally the tool sets. The tool sets are what matter. The The engines themselves are not as different as you might think unless you're talking about something that's really old. If you're talking about, like, Starfield. Mm-hmm. Like that, you're, something that started being built 10 years ago. Yeah, that you're probably talking about clutching something on top of something on top of something. And again, you even know that that engine can look amazing because of what people have done with Skyrim, but that stuff just doesn't end up being stable enough to be able to put in a retail Mass release, market. basically. Yeah. Um, yep. so you can make engines do pretty much anything you want. It's just a matter of do you have the time, patience, and sometimes money. But like, you, know, you see, Well, time is money. Yeah, but you see people like player mods do free things that what mm-hmm. you know like some of the stuff that well sometimes they fix stuff in a day yeah <laughs> where the developers worked on the game for like three years and didn't fix it before they mm-hmm. released it it's really bizarre but as some of my friends from like ubi would say it's like you never know what weird thing that is taking advantage of that could be very unstable yeah and it's just not gonna have you know it's or no one prioritized it so no one was willing to pay anyone even one day of work for that you know, which that's is probably what ha- <laughs> which is probably what happened for stuff like the jedi survivor pc version yeah Yep. Um, so anyway, good news really across the board, though, is that Capcom's games are going to look better here in a couple years. And again, Capcom has so much IP that we all love that I think it's going to be good news for everybody across mm-hmm. the board. Fire Native S, if engines are all the same, then why got Unreal Engine 5? Because having the tools to do that high resolution and that high quality stuff built into that version of the engine streamlines everything tremendously but to your point it's because the tools are there right you don't have to build the tools yeah and the other (laughs) well that's the other advantage of the unreal engine in general is that everyone has made the unreal engine do just about anything you can think of Mm -hmm. so the tools to do almost anything you can think of already exist for the unreal Engine, or at least the building block for it is there that you can build on top and the the you know it's it's not like something that a tool for the for unreal engine 4 is not going to be adaptable in some form with a little work even for unreal 5 so it's the the thing the advantage of the Unreal Engine is always that it's been it's so well used the and libraries. so universally yeah. used that you can there's if you need any, whatever weird ass thing you want your character to do there's probably someone who's already made it made a character do that and you can build on that. Yeah. That yeah. is the big advantage of having it's also the big advantage of not having a homegrown engine. Yeah. It's having the whole industry yeah, work on this work giant, on the same one. The only downside is you got to I mean, Epic doesn't really gouge you for that. So, no. like, and, I mean, I think their business model for Unreal Engine, even with some of the proposed changes recently, are still great. Yeah, it's way better than the Epic Game Store yeah. model. Yeah, <laughs> so, <laughs> oddly like. enough. Um, and then our final smaller story for housekeeping today is unfortunately we got news this week of a delay I think we're all going to be disappointed in, and that is that Ubisoft's Star Wars Outlaws has been delayed into 
an unnamed time period next mm-hmm. year. It was supposed to come out before the end of March, and now they're like, it's just Which 2024. We never yeah, if you watch Game Face, yeah, we, 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 were, were, <laughs> we were saying holiday next yeah. year from the beginning. Yeah, and my guess is that's what's going to happen. Yeah. yeah. I, I Certainly even, it's what they'd like to happen. It might slip to 2025, but I'm sure they're targeting yeah. holiday. My point is I wouldn't count on this coming out in like the summer of next year. No. Or any, once no. they got out of that, that fiscal year now they're like oh we got a whole like extra nine months now i think this is a solid uh holiday release i mean it probably should come out at the holidays man yeah and we'll see i mean late october early november the other thing you can see is you see if you can synergize it with uh some disney plus release or something Mm -hmm. for like you know figure out when the acolyte's gonna hit or something and maybe put that out around the same time when star wars is in the mind share yeah but like yeah i think later half of the year is fine for this yep um also the, who knows what the schedule is going to look like next year overall? Like after everything in the world came out this year, we might be looking at kind of a sparse reality for 2024. Well, oddly enough, I think it was Kotaku, and we curated the article. Already did like a most anticipated games of 2024, mm-hmm. which seems like they're jumping what the gun would that a little be? bit. There, I mean, just every game is announced. It isn't yeah. coming out this year, basically. But it's like, <laughs> I mean, for me, I'd want to limit that to stuff I was pretty sure was coming out right. in 2024, and that's not a lot. Uh, that it's not. Yeah, as of right now, 2024 is looking a little lean. You might as well say Elder Scrolls Six is your most anticipated 2024. Yeah. Like, why not? Yeah, why not? Prove it. Yeah. Really. Um, I mean, this, for me, would be near the top of oh, my... Oh, for sure. <laughs> just being honest. <laughs> I mean, I'm trying to think of what else is due next year. I mean, I guess... I mean, I don't think we have any confirmation. Suicide Squad killed the Justice League, oh Matt. My God. Come on, I know you can't wait for that. I mean, like, <laughs> Ubi- uh, the the Ubi- uh, Assassin's Creed Red might, yeah. maybe. There, I mean, there should be. But yeah. I'll tell you, if that slips to holiday, I bet Red will. Right, because it's Ubisoft. Yeah, and that's a good point. Then again, they do they do dumb things. Yeah, they, they release Ubisoft some of their own doesn't stuff think on... the way that we think a lot of times. <laughs> yeah, they they did release Rocket Robot on Wheels the same day as Rayman Two. Yeah, I mean, it will put out a glut of games and then not have anything for another eighteen yeah. months. It's really weird how Ubisoft operates. It does feel like a lot of times it's like when the games are done, we're just going to put them out. Mm-hmm. Don't, it doesn't seem like it's all that strategic with how it releases its games, but uh, we'll see. But as of right now, if you're expecting to play Star Wars Outlaws within the next four, five months, mm-hmm. not going to happen. Where the hell is Silk Song? I don't know, man. Actually, you know what? Like My, really my fantasy know. team is getting very nervous about that Space Marine 2 thing. Really? We still don't have a release date. Oh, you're date. right, and now we're almost tomorrow's November. Yeah. That's a good point. We're two months away from the end of the year, and that game doesn't have a release date. I don't think it's coming out this year. I still think it will. I think it's going to show up in December. Oh, but I'll be honest with you, Matt. You probably didn't watch it, but we put up Dossier yesterday for mm-hmm. our patrons, uh, which where we run down all the big releases for each month. Um, November is good. Like, There's a ton mm-hmm. of great games coming out in November, but they all come out before November 17th. Right. So literally, the next two weeks are going to be insane here on Game Phase. It's but, like October never ended. Because you don't want to be... You want to be out in stores comfortably before Black Friday. Yep. But the second half of November and December... Oh boy, mm-hmm. <laughs> we're gonna be working for some episodes. I mean, it's Avatar and Take it, care. and Space Marine too. <laughs> well, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. It would actually be a good time for it. They wouldn't have a lot of competition. Mm-hmm. But the fact that it's two months out, I mean, Silk really, Song as well. I mean, what the hell? Silk Song is somewhere next yeah, year. Yeah, I don't think it's coming this year. Somewhere after it was supposed to come out on Game Pass in June. Mm-hmm. What the heck? It's but an like, indie it's game. Just, it's like if if you like, it's weird to me that like if you're gonna release in December, a Space Marine two like, and you haven't announced it a month ahead of like, 
you gotta have some promotional time. It like, seems weird, but I mean, the publisher that publishes that game, I don't know. They typically don't have big, glorious, long-running promotional yeah. campaigns. So, and they'll I put out a launch trailer. I, mean, I guess you are selling to a very specific audience that already knows about it because of the Warhammer license. But they'll like, put out a release date trailer. But I just feel like that you could. Then, that thing looks nice. Looks good enough that you could have a little breakout with yes. it. Like if people could buy. People who don't know Warhammer might buy that just because it looks cool. Yeah, I mean, it looks gorgeous. Yeah. I mean, visually, it's stunning for sure. So. Anyway, unfortunately, we have to wait a little while longer to play Star Wars Outlaws. And with that... That's okay. Make it good. Yeah. Oh, I agree. Delay it as long as you want. Like, just make it good. That's all I care about. Um, that game in particular, I'm very protective of. So, mm -hmm. yeah. If UB needs to go to 2025, I'm cool with that too. Like, I just want to play a great game at the end of it all. And I think that's going to happen. Um, okay. We're about ready to kick off the bulk of the show. And we're going to talk about Alan Wake 2. But before we do that, here's a word from our sponsor, LS Cream. LS Cream is a fine cream liqueur created by fellow gamer and sifter Stevens Charles. It's inspired by an ancestral recipe from Haiti called Cray Mass and a double gold winner for its original taste at the New York Wine and Spirit International Competition. Ellis Cream can be enjoyed on the rocks or as a mixer for drinks with its rich blend of fresh cream and neutral grain spirits with notes of coconut, <laughs> vanilla, cinnamon, and nutmeg. It's great in coffee or to make espresso martinis. To learn more, discover amazing drink recipes, or to track down your own bottle using a handy store locator, head to creamls.com slash sifted. That's creamls.com slash sifted. I see Cray Mass has now become a thing in our chat, Matt. It's well, become one of our memes. What is the... I, I can't hear the, the, the commercial. Is it just the way he says Cynetic Cream, says cream it's LS? It's the new sifted meme confirmed, yep. <laughs> It's in the ad. It's like, um, it's where the ancestral recipe comes from, mm -hmm. basically. Um, and I didn't know how to say it at all. So I asked Steve, like, how to say it. And he gave me the phonetics of it. So I said it correctly in the, uh, in the ad. Um, but for whatever reason, our fans have latched onto it. What is the word? It's Cray Mass. It's, um, it's something to do with Haiti. It's like oh, the, okay. the spices or whatever that they use in, right. the, in okay. the drink. So it's kind of a French word yeah. originally. Yeah. yeah. And I may still be saying it wrong, actually. Probably. I'm not a thousand percent sure. Um, but anyway, uh, so here's the thing. It is Halloween. And if you're a parent or if you just own a home in a neighborhood where the kids are going to come by, you're going to be sitting there on your porch all night tonight. You're going to be sitting in your house, getting up, sitting down, going out and giving candy, sitting back down. If you want to have fun doing that, it's not too late to go to your local liquor store and pick up a bottle of LS cream and mix it with something. The great thing about it is if you mix it with like your coffee or something, like you're not going to get hammered. It's a liqueur. It just gives you like a nice little buzz, a nice, I don't even know how to explain it. It's just mm -hmm. like this very pleasant feeling that you get when you drink LS cream. Go to creamls.com slash sifted. And you can go there and you can figure out where you can go locally to go pick up a bottle before all the trick-or-treaters start showing up. Or if you want it for the long term or if you want it for next weekend, you can also find uh, places to buy it online and have it delivered in plenty of time for whatever you are celebrating. So again, go to creamls.com sifted and hook it up. And with that, it is time to kick off Game Phase 364 proper. 
We're going to start off with the game I've been teasing now for about an hour, and that is Alan Wake 2. Everything's worked out perfectly for us to discuss this survival horror game, Matt, on Halloween, in costume, no less. Um, I'm kind of surprised, actually, that there weren't more horror games coming out here over the last few days. Um, Mm. At least not big ones. Maybe people just cleared out because of Alan Wake 2. I'm not sure. I do remember, Matt, though, when they announced the release date for Alan Wake 2, we were like, they're crazy. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> There's mm-hmm. too many big games. It's going to get lost in the shuffle. But I do think it maybe kind of has worked out. Um, first thing maybe we should say or maybe we shouldn't say is the reviews for this game have been through the roof. I mean, through the roof. It's got like a, over a 90 Metacritic right now. Um, does that surprise you at all? Um, this year, no. Because this year seems to be the year of overrating mediocrity. Um some of the some of the review scores for things this year I do not understand. Well, I'll say this, Matt. As somebody who looks at all the reviews from the major outlets on a daily basis and decides which ones to curate to sifted or not to curate to sifted, I will say this. This year in particular, I noticed that a lot of big games were handed to younger editors mm-hmm. at the publications. <laughs> and some of it is just the fact that they've just fired all the older editors because they don't want to pay them. But, and so there's been a lot of turnover and there's a lot of young people working there, but some of it too, it feels like it's been a conscious decision. Um, and maybe that's what you get, I don't know. I mean, I'm not gonna extrapolate that and say that's why the reviews seem unreliable this year. I'm just pointing out something that I've observed mm-hmm. over. I mean, to some degree, who cares? Yeah. It's just consumer reports nonsense. It's safer to give them high reviews so people don't send you death threats. Mm-hmm. Like it's, you know, whatever. Yeah. But like, this game ain't a nine. <laughs> this, this game is not a nine. Come on. I agree with you, Matt. Come on. I agree with you. I think this game was is overrated as far as its Metacritic. I'm not going to point out mm-hmm. any specific website or publication that overscored it. I just think in general it's been overscored. Um, let's talk about the plot because the plot to this is very important. Although one anecdote I want to share before we get into the nuts and bolts of the game is that on Friday night... What when is I, this footage on? Uh, this is PlayStation 5. Interesting. Yeah. It's real dark. Mine doesn't. Mine isn't this dark. Well, it's time of day, right? Depending on the time of day. Not this part. It doesn't shift. This part is the same no matter what. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. This the beginning of the game is the first. Yeah, I guess you're time. right. Yeah. This very this part right here probably would be the same time of day. Um, but also it could just be so the is angle. This, this it is much darker. It could yeah. be the angle that you're sitting at looking at the TV as Some well. Some of it. Yeah. Or the lighting on the TV. True. It's just I can't. It's, it's much brighter on my... I'm playing on Xbox, so I decided not to give Tim Sweeney any money. No. Oh. <laughs> um, well, the um, here's something interesting. So, again, I was at the mall last Friday. My wife and I we were going out to eat. And after we got done eating, we went to Target to just pick up a couple of things before we went home. And I was hanging out in the electronics section while the wife was doing her thing. And I heard somebody walk up to the counter and be like, hey, I'm looking for Alan Wake 2. And I stood there just listening to the conversation. I didn't want to butt in right away. And I watched their the target employee go to the computer and try to look it up. I watched the person try to look it up on his phone and couldn't find it on target.com. And it, they just like spiraled. They're like, what is going on? Why does Target not have this game listed? I knew it. I know it came out. So I had to step up and be like, Alan Wake 2 doesn't exist. Alan Wake wrote it out of existence. <laughs> There is no physical version of this game. It doesn't exist. They may eventually release some limited edition thing, maybe. Yeah. But I'm a little surprised there wasn't some kind of like limited edition. Right. Get a statue of Alan Wake back to back with Saga thing. Nothing. There's you cannot buy this game physically at all. It's digital only, which is weird for a game that's 
a lot of people are saying is a game of the year contender. Now, let's talk about the game. Um, the plot of this game basically is based around the town that Alan Wake went that disappeared from in the last game. And there have been cult murders in the town. And so the FBI is called in. Uh, so agents Saga Anderson and Alex Casey show up in Bright Falls. Bright Falls is mm. in Washington. Alex Casey is fictional. Alex Casey <laughs> is... <laughs> Alex Casey's Max Payne. Is Sam Lake. Yeah, but it's like... As you go further in, and it turns out that Alex Casey's a character in, right. in Blake's books, it's very clear he's Max Payne. Right. Like, like, if they could have used Max Payne in this game to, like, make the Remedy-verse, like, finally come full circle, I think they would have. Yeah. Um, I would also argue that if there's any person in the games industry that rivals Kojima for hubris, it is Sam Lake. <laughs> he... It's just the opening of this game, just like a Kojima game. Written by Sam Lake, yeah, directed he's a, he's by Sam Lake, game director Sam Lake. And then he's plastered all through the game. He actually plays like two different characters. Yeah, he plays the actor who plays yeah. the character yeah. and the character. And the character. Um, yeah. And he's constantly making the Max Payne face, yeah. which is great. It's like an inside joke. Um, yeah, because he's supposed. I, I think he's Max Payne in all but name. I, guess I think it, you're right. Yeah. yeah. And um, I mean, the the. Remedy Cinematic yeah. Universe, whatever the will, hell they're calling it. Yeah, I will Connective say, Universe. Yeah, I will say this. Um, for all that, uh, he <clears throat> he does make better games than Kojima. Um, he overall. does. Yeah, I'd agree uh, with that too. I'm I'm sure part people would fight us to the death over that. But, oh yeah, but uh, but I would agree. Uh, with that. Don't care. Yeah, I don't either. Um, <laughs> I think he steals from movies and TV way better than Kojima does because there's a lot of Twin Peaks in this. Yeah, and there's a lot of Dark Tower in this, and there's, there's Twin that, Peaks. There's the Lost. Thing. There's a little bit of like five different like pop culture properties. Well, that, well the other thing is like he's um, you know, one of the reasons Sam Lake is in this so much is because it is referencing the Dark Tower by Stephen King, mm -hmm. where Stephen King is a literal character in the story who is the author of the story you're reading that the characters have to go ask what they need to do next. Like that. Like, clearly there's a, there's a huge connection there. Um, which I appreciate because it's one of the weirdest things King ever did. Yeah. Um, uh, it gets, it's a very meta thing, um, which it's interesting early on where like, cause you've got this mind place thing and I'm like, is she psychic? Is this what's going on? Oh no, she's, she's just being written rather, <laughs> well, I just don't understand. You, they transport you to this. Well, anyway, let's talk about the plot first before we go there. Um, so these FBI agents show up because there's been a murder in the town uh, and there's been cult activity in the town. As yeah. it turns out, the person who was murdered is a former FBI agent who had kind of gone AWOL and no one had heard from him for yeah. like 10 years or whatever. He's been missing for 13 years. Yeah. And turns up. Also, by the way, Alan Wake has been missing for 13 years. He mm. was in the town and he disappeared. And so the timing of all this is kind of working out. However, Matt, can you imagine an FBI agent goes missing? There's a murder in the town. There's a cult on the loose. And you send two FBI agents and that's it? And then it's just two FBI agents and a bunch of podunk cops from the local town trying to solve, like, a serial killer murder? Well, they don't know that that happened when they send them. Right. But they, as soon as they get there, they know. And there's no backup that comes in. They're in there. They're, like, totally desecrating the murder scene corrupting all the evidence they're picking up everything they're getting their fingerprints all over everything like to me this game all starts out with a bunch of bullshit like i i get right out of the gate i'm like i don't believe any of this and then the game starts going to one of those places where it's like 
this happens, but did it happen? Or is this in their mind? Or is this real? And you start tossing that into it and you're like, okay, well, does that mean that like they're all living in this fantasy land and that's why backup hasn't shown up from the FBI and they're not investigating and they're botching all the investigations? Sam Lake does call backup, but like none of this stuff makes any sense with reality because it's not reality. It's just, it's, it's what Alan Wake is writing. Even the FBI stuff. Oh, yeah. None of that's real. That's that's all his... That's the story. That's why he's so shocked when he finds them, because he's like, you're all fictional. You're people I made up. Well, they're finding the pieces of his book. They right. find pages of which his book. Which are about him. About, are, about which, them. Well, they tell them what what's about to happen yeah. in the murder mystery. Because they're in the story. So they don't exist? Not, None of this exists? This is all in someone's head? See, this is what I'm getting at. Yeah, like, I really. hate stuff like this, because it just... But it may or may not because reality is being altered and the reason you know that because it, it there, there's some element of this does exist in reality because something about Bright Falls is it's like a Silent Hill thing like Bright Falls is the, real is, it's there is real but what's happening in Bright Falls is fictional. And one of the reasons you know that it is real but it's also fictional is that there's agents from the control games bureau there mm-hmm. and they're trying to figure out they have detectors and stuff and they're trying to figure out why why fiction is so strong here like they're basically mm-hmm. trying to figure out why reality is breaking down mm-hmm. and one of the reasons reality i mean alex casey is not a real person he is a fictional detective in alan wake's stories and alan wake has ended up in one of his stories and is telling at one point is telling his own characters about his experience on a talk show that doesn't exist. Yeah. Um, it's very, it, like I said, very meta, very David Lynch. At some point, you have to kind of let go of what's real and not real and just sort of see where it ends up. Um, that is not for everyone. Well, it's like they're sentient, but they go into the town, and people in the town remember them from, like, right. long ago, but they don't remember... Because that was a previous draft of the story, probably. I don't know. It, it feels like a cheap plot device to me. Alan Wake is not the best writer in the world. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of clear. Like, when you, even when you just, I mean, he's, that's the other thing about the, the Max Payne connection. The, the Alex Casey stuff is written like Max Payne, like turgid, weird, noir prose. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, like, Alan Wake is not a very good writer. Like, that's one of the things that the games have always started. He's a pulp nonsense yeah. writer. Right. And you're in a pulp nonsense story, like you said, uh, while the, the FBI agents are worried about whether they put a tarp over the body, then they come along and just move everything around and pick everything up. And like, it, none of it makes any sense because, yeah. it's, because it's not well written. Not because the game's not well written, but because Alan Wake is not a very good writer. So it's in, you're saying that they're intentionally writing it poorly? I think that's all, I think it's all part of the meta narrative, yeah. <laughs> okay. Like, I, from the ver- from the very first seconds of this game, they are working with the meta narrative. Now, Saga, there's something special about Saga. Yeah, like why? Again, why is this Saga sentient and nobody else is? She made us think she is, because she's the other side of the coin from Alan Wake. Because both characters, as you play them, have their mind palace thing. Um, mind she calls, I thought it was palace, but it's mind place. She actually. says mind place. The term is mind palace, but she even says it's my own version of the mind palace. Uh, I just took the other A out of it. And his is um, a writing room. And his is a writing room. So, yeah. what, so what are you doing in each of these rooms for the most part? She is deconstructing reality to try to make it make sense. He is trying to construct reality because he's the writer. Mm-hmm. And so they are kind of in conflict, but they're also sort of doing the same thing from opposite directions. Mm-hmm. I haven't finished the game, 
but I assume at some point they kind of no, they converge butt heads yeah. on that. Um, the um, like that's the, the 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 issue with this game for me is not that the story has. I mean, I think the actual story is fairly interesting. Um, I just think it's really boring yeah. <laughs> to play. Like I, I have I no I'm playing it is boring. It is boring. The puzzles are rudimentary and kind of insult. Like I've missed puzzle solutions a couple times this game because they were so simple i didn't think that could be the solution like the poster on the wall the 666 poster, on, poster. Yeah, the poster on the wall or like the first stash you find that like it's got a lock on it yeah. and it's blinking lights and the answer turned out to be just press the blinking lights right i'm like you can't be oh, that, that simple that's that oh no it was okay yeah like that's it's that kind of thing like it's this and it's like it's so silly like it's a very silly game. I just it's like once this stuff started at the beginning and it was like this is completely implausible. And I then I started to realize what to your point like some of this stuff is real, some of this stuff isn't mm -hmm. real. I got sick of trying to guess what was real and what wasn't. Well, what's real and what's not what isn't is is not important. This is it's the David Lynch thing. It doesn't matter. You might fail to figure out once you have the whole picture and you finish the thing and you can look back and say oh that was maybe this was this or maybe that. But there are no definitive answers to it. Um, that was true to some degree in Control. Uh, the advantage Control had in terms of presenting that was that when you went out on the mission or went out to deal with the artifacts or whatever, everything could go crazy. But everything but you knew you, it was supposed to. Like right, but even the the building in Control doesn't actually exist in reality the way you right. think of it as existing reality. Yeah, it's a construct. Like, that's just how Remedy works. But I mean, the, the game, I mean, the Quantum Break guy shows the game, up. In my, this game. But the difference is the game explained it better. Like it explained. I knew that that was what was happening. Mm -hmm. In this, it's like. You're supposed to infer it, and it's like, okay, if this isn't real, why do they? Why is there pain? Why are? Why is there fear? Why is there any of these human emotions if none of this is real? Again, I don't that, even want to think about this crap when I'm playing a but video game. Why would game. that make? And I mean, if you expect to feel pain, you're gonna feel pain. Like that's that's what no. It is. I mean, you have nerve endings. Either they fire or they don't. Like either they're here. there or they're not. People can feel pain in in dreams. I never have. It, it has happened. Maybe like. It, I just if you don't against the matrix thing if you don't know the difference between reality and the dream how who's to say what I mean that doesn't make a lot of sense you should you probably shouldn't die in the matrix if you die in real life if you die in the matrix because how does that work but you accept that as a kind of a, a condition of this sort of thing this is one of those games where if it, we were on invisible walls and Marcus was talking about this he would call it a bunch of shite wank like that's how I feel playing the story I like mean, I feel like they're like okay I mean, we're gonna establish these rules you don't know if stuff's really happening or not so we can do whatever the hell we want and it doesn't matter because is it real is it not real like it's just cheap like well I don't agree with that but I'm a David Lynch fan so this stuff doesn't bother me yeah it's not, Twin Peaks isn't for everyone but like I mean I wouldn't call myself a David Lynch fan I can appreciate it but the difference again is is like when you go into a David Lynch film you know what you're getting into like I mean in, I, I knew what I was getting into in this regard with Alan Wake that's pretty much what Alan Wake is yeah I mean I didn't feel like the first game the first game absolutely does that it doesn't have it's not as strong like a parallel meta narrative thing yeah but the, the question of whether Alan Wake actually exists and whether he's in his own story or not was, was central well that was that the game. whole story of the game yeah. and yeah. that's the same thing here see I didn't feel that like i felt the story of this game is solving the cult murders no the cult murders aren't real that's that's his story he's right right that. i get that that's but why he still the, needs to solve it though that's why he needs to finish the book well yeah but that's what you're trying to do when you're playing as him right you're trying to solve the murders so you're trying to finish the book so he can get out of the book he is he's trying to get right. out of the dark whatever world he cares about the in. murders they're not real but I care about him as the player. I'm the detective. I'm the FBI agent. It's my job to solve the murders. You're not her. She's not real either. 
You're trying to figure out who she is. I just more than I don't want to think about this dumb shit when I'm playing a video game. Well, then you shouldn't be playing Alan Wake. I don't think. I guess not. <laughs> I guess not. That's not what I don't. I, if you're trying to solve a murder mystery, that is not what this. But game my is point about. that I'm getting at is it makes the plot seem boring and dull. I don't care about it because it doesn't because it. it does nothing's real. I it's, don't agree with that at all. I think it's one of the best horror plots in the last ten years. I, I just think the gameplay sucks. I completely disagree with that. I think this is the one of the, one of the first horror games whose stories I've actually liked and been interested in it totally the, turned me off like right game, out of the it, gate the problem is that i think the gameplay is boring as hell i'd agree with that I, too i don't care about traversing through things i think this stuff is annoying i think the flashlight mechanics annoying um have you run out of batteries by the way no but i've come close it, i did I and when you, you just do, run around you have stuff. to you just have to go and re- go to another go and load the game there's no way mm-hmm. to find if you've already found all the batteries in the area. There's no way to get more batteries for your no no. It doesn't like automatically give you like no. two or something. No, you have you're mm. out and you cannot use the magic wand that they give him anymore. Right. And so you have to go back to an old save. Oh, so if the if the light if the flashlight runs out of batteries, you can't absorb light with the the lamp thing anymore. No, you can't. Really? You, the context sensitive things don't pop up anymore. Interesting. Yeah, it's weird. Like, what was the thing you said you, that you couldn't, that was a bug or something? Oh, so mm, I'm trying to figure out if I should talk about it now or later. Um, it ended up not being a bug because I did figure it out. But what happened was, so let's talk about how the game works. Because there is there is an order of things. There is a, a set order of how things work in, I don't know, a process that you go through when you play the game. Um so basically how it works is you got into the world and you're in the FBI, so you're investigating. You go and you saw some of the clips in the B-roll earlier where you look at a dead body and there's very specific points. It's not really an investigation. Like, it's just like, hey, click on this. That will tell you something. And what happens is that gives you a clue. And then you go to the boards, which is straight out of like any, you know, murder mystery TV show or movie that you've ever watched where they have the cork boards and they have like the cards and they're drawing lines between clues with the, the threads and stuff like that. You do all that and then that gives you, I guess it's new mission objectives ultimately. You solve the stuff in the board and then you get a new mission objective. Then you go out and solve that mission objective. You get more clues, rinse and repeat and that process just repeats throughout the entire game. What had happened to me was I had, and I even tried to use like a walkthrough to solve this because I was stuck for like an hour and a half. What had happened was some of the clues were buried in a file that I never thought I needed to use. So I was using the file for the cult or whatever, and it turned out I needed to use the file for murders in the town. And so I had never gone and I had never searched there. And so buried in one of those files was two picture clues. Mm-hmm. that I had not discovered were in there once I found them and it was very easy to place them because that's all like automatic. Like the other thing I would say too about using the clues is like the clues don't end up matching the stuff on the board that I think it should match most of the time. I found it did most of the time. Like the, maybe half of the but time. But it's like, it's all kind of, I mean, you really, it's just sort of like in, an, in another game looking at all the things would make the characters say something about like, oh, that means this. And, that, and then this, in order, instead of that, you have to go in and actually put them where they go, and then the character figures it out. It's like, it's like basically they've added a step. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of like the conceit of it. I don't think it, I think Alan Wake's version is more interesting because he's writing stuff and right. changes the world by doing it, whereas she's de- deducing stuff. The one nice thing about the board is when you highlight unsolved parts, it will tell you what you need to do to find mm-hmm. those. So it's like either talk to a person or find more evidence. So you're like, okay, so I gotta go talk to somebody, I get it. So that helps. 
Um, I figured that was more or less what happened when I got. I got. I think I might have got stuck in the same thing because the thing. The thing is, it has a little icon that tells you there's something new you need to place in the in the thing. But when I the icon had disappeared off the file, that's why right, I because the, what happened to me it might have been the same thing because I think it was in chapter two. It was me trying was to. I, it was the whole heart thing. Maybe that might. Yeah, the heart was refusing to appear in the freezer for me to get the heart out of the freezer. And I, nothing I did would change it. Okay, it, so mine was earlier than that. But I learned that lesson off of... I think it was being when he first comes back to life and disappears. Mm. And I couldn't figure out how to get... And I Because I went in and I saw that, like, oh, the, the one case thing is marked. So I go that and I... So I put the stuff in that. And then I couldn't... Nothing was happening. And it turned out that I also had new stuff for the case that I defaulted to when I opened the chart. And because I'd already looked at it with those new things, it was not marking it as new, and I didn't realize I had new. That's clues exactly to put that's down. what happened to me. Just so a different part of the game, there. but same thing. Like yeah. the little yellow dot had yeah. disappeared off of the file folder, yeah. and so I was just like, "There's no new clues in there." It was there. literally because I was because I opened the thing and then I saw there was a new thing, so I went to that and I just never put the new clues on in the first one. I didn't yeah. think of it. Later. That happened so to me like, too. Yeah. And when I went and looked at the folders, there's no dot there. Yeah, and so, I'm like, so finally when so I ran, if you're up, stuck, basically you got to go in and see if there's look any in photos every folder and folders. try to find clues. That's exactly what had happened. That's how I finally figured it out. Um, mm-hmm. But there was no walkthrough to help me with that. And, I was like, this is the last thing I could try. And this is what I mean when I say the gameplay is kind of meh. yeah. Um, same with like things where like they don't do a good job of telling you where things are, or what things like there's a point where part of the lake drains and it's like optional go look for that stuff where the where the where it was flooded before mm-hmm. and you go, can go look through this little area where the beach is uncovered and then if you there's another path but if you take the path up you're back where you've been a place the parking you've been garage like a bunch lot. of times yeah and i'm like well that can't be right and, and it's it turned, out, turned yeah. out you had to go through that whole area and then you go across another bridge and now you're in a place you couldn't get to because it was flooded before but it's like on the other side of the map yeah and it's just and then you have to go through all this other stuff and then finally she's like oh i think i'm done here at random and you're like it's it, like that's just not what I thought when you said when you'd say look at the parts that were flooded before I'm looking at the fucking beach yeah I'm not I'm like, looking at for mud yeah yeah and there's nothing there something that was underwater and it was yeah. it, it was just unclear yeah like to you, I, I don't know I didn't think like the clues fit where they were supposed to like sometimes they did but a lot of times they didn't like I don't know it didn't feel like it mattered like it was just trial and error it's like you just keep clicking the photo on whichever index card and whichever one it sticks to there you go like i found that like it was just pointless after a while the game was just doing everything for me it no, felt i mean like. i for early on once i figured out how they think like i i can i know which one they go on every time yeah. but it's just busy work really yeah. it doesn't tell you anything new because most of it's the character figuring out something you've already kind of figured out if you've already picked up the clues right what else could they mean? It's it's not a complicated thing until you go to the profiling part where ghosts of just sort of tell her where things are. Like yeah. I don't understand that part at all. Yeah, I, I actually, which, I, which although that made a lot more sense once I realized that she's a character in a poorly written story. Right. Like like Alan Wake is just sort of using this as a device so she can make those leaps and get there, which is why she's such a great FBI agent, as Sam Lake's character repeatedly says. Like no one knows how you make the deductions you make, and I'm like, oh, it's because she's magic. Is is yeah. what happened there? Um, and then there's like weird things where like she, you know, she was it? Does she encounter? She encounters the janitor from Control at one point yep. who seems to think there's some significance to her name. because he, he remembers her. Yeah. yeah, he remembers her from something. Mm-hmm. A lot of people remember her from things, yeah. which I'm assuming is because they were characters in other versions of the story that Alan Wake scrapped or Maybe. has been writing under the lake for 13 years mm-hmm. um, or has been in the dark place, whatever you want to call it. 
Yeah, the one thing I left out of the gameplay loop was that when you go and you profile afterwards. So you put you place all the clues on the board, and then that sometimes opens up new profile options for specific mm-hmm. characters. And then you go and you basically just watch a cinematic, and suddenly and there's like, new mission oh, objectives the, to. Pre- well, and it's like things were like. I mean, it's clearly supposed to be weird because she's like the two witnesses. She's like, oh, they found a necklace they're not telling me about, and then mm-hmm. she's like, but I need that necklace you found. And the one girl's like, how did you know about that? Yeah. It's like, okay, so something's weird here. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you, and you know it's David Lynch because the girl, the woman in the in the traditional diner waitress outfit is like, oh, I know you. I da, yeah. da, da, da. I have this accent, even though it's Washington. You know, <laughs> yeah. and it's like. <laughs> Like it's it's there's yeah. just all these tropes colliding, and um and it's just it, it's yeah. I really do think it's intentionally that Alan Wake is kind of a hack. Hmm. Like he's he's not the great he's writing pulp nonsense, and part of it is because he's writing to get out of this. He doesn't really care if it all adds up too well. He he's wants just to get trying out of the dark way out. Yeah, um, which is like New York City, like a two block section. Yeah, of it's New a York dark City. part of New York City. I mean, I really did like the talk show stuff. Like, yeah, the li- this is the they've the always, acting in that was really good. They've always done weird live action stuff in their games, even back to Max Payne. Mm-hmm. But like, I think this is the best they've ever done. Yeah, um, some of that stuff is very effective. Yeah. This is more of an investigative adventure game than a shooter, though. I think a lot of yeah. people may, if you haven't played it yet, you may be like, oh, this is a third-person shooter with some puzzle." No, the vast majority of this game is yeah. investigative work, solving stupid Resident Evil-style puzzles, like, hey, we need a fuse, go find the fuse, bring and it to the point that, to like, when box. you actually have to do shooting, it's kind of weird. It's awkward and weird. Uh, that first boss is awful. Yeah, in the woods. That's terrible. It was a nightmare. That, it was... It, and you're, I, running, you're running around trying to like pick up more because you don't have you don't have enough ammo to deal with it. So you have to like run around and find the ammo and hope while it you're blindsided. And you can't you. see anything because there's so many anything. trees. Yeah, and, and healing items take a long time to use. So if you get hit, hit too much, you got all this red around the screen, and then you basically might as well give up. I Which mean, is have, new, by the way. Yeah, you have unlimited retries at least. Mm-hmm. Like the checkpointing's fine, but I, yeah. I, I I I think that took me three or four tries. And at the um, by the fourth one, I was like, if I don't get this, I'm quit. I'm not going to play this anymore. I just didn't. Now the, the more the you game, play, I, I would rather watch someone play this game yeah play it myself now the more you play the gunplay becomes more prevalent as it goes on like the Mm -hmm. first like handful of hours you hardly ever shoot in this like mostly you're just dispelling like the ghost with your flashlight Mm -hmm. you don't even need to use the gun and then the real enemies like you shine the flashlight on them it reveals a weak point that you can shoot to do massive damage um but, Not that it ever really seems to matter that much. Yeah, and, it doesn't. It seems like it still takes the same number of shots, really, to drop. Like, yeah, I never noticed a whole huge difference on any of that. Yep. But, also, weirdly hard to hit that spot. It like, is I, hard. I, I, Even lot, with a shotgun. Yeah, like a lot of times I'm like, I'm pretty sure I hit that. Yeah. Same with the dodging. The dodging is very squirrely. Well, the dodge is squirrely, but one thing I noticed is that you can dodge on the ground as well. Yeah, you so can. once you're knocked down, you can kind of scramble on the ground to get out of the way. And it does work. The window's pretty wide open as far, like it's not, you don't have to be like Joe Gamer to be able to time mm-hmm. it. Like the timing window's pretty wide. Um the combat in this just felt like a means to an end to me. Like yeah. they're like, "Oh, we need to have this in here so there's action in the game," but which is weird to me because I really love the shooting and control. Mm-hmm. Um, it, feel, it feels like a big step backwards from control. Yeah, which I don't under, really understand. But yep. And then so if you play when you're playing a saga, you can upgrade your guns. Um, like three different levels mm-hmm. for each gun, but it's so expensive. It's like insane. Like you have to spend like seventeen of those things that you find in those lunch boxes to upgrade mm-hmm. like the handgun the one time. Pieces. Yeah. Like 
Well, then Max uh, Max Payne, uh, Alan Wake gets his upgrades much easier. Yeah. Well, he has like a drawer that he pulls out that has envelopes in it, and there's what twenty envelopes or something like that. Yeah, it's more. I think there's more like nine. Oh, really? But, but you, like you shine a light on the the symbols you find on the mm-hmm. walls and stuff, and you get an upgrade. And each up, each symbol equals one upgrade. One upgrade. Yeah. I do, they're all words of whatever, words of power. I did find it funny that they're all na- like it's like word of gun to upgrade the right. guns word of stuff to upgrade your inventory yeah it's like okay like you're there's, there's a sense of humor here uh that maybe doesn't always translate properly i didn't find the game very funny at all um, i didn't really find any of the jokes landed really some of the stuff in the talk show is kind of funny the talk show i mean the talk show is supposed to be unsettling more than anything else mm-hmm. but like um and also that guy is clearly you know he, the actor he, who plays the host of that show is good he's very good and he that character is more than just what you see right there obviously yeah. later on mm-hmm. um but uh, it's it's yeah. Oh, this this is a better game than Control. No, 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 not in a million years. No. Yeah, I didn't, I don't think so either. It's a it's a it's a really interest to me. It's a really interesting Lynchian story that's buried under one of the most boring games I've played this year. Well, eventually, the big twist for Alan Wake is that he gets this magic wand called the Angel Lamp, mm-hmm. which turns his part of the game into this dual reality thing where you flip the lamp and you see one thing and or there's like a big pile of stuff in front of the subway entrance you turn on the lamp the stuff disappears and you can go into the sub it's like that type of thing like you turn it on mm-hmm. there's a doorway you turn it off the doorway disappears it's a lot of those i mean yeah. we've seen it we just saw it in lords of the fallen See, yeah. it's, i mean i think that's what a lot of the modern is this unreal um i don't know or is actually. it their own thing i don't know that's a good question. That seemed, the, the faster loading seems to have led, I mean, maybe just Ratchet and Clank being shown, so it's led, led to a lot of like reality shifting stuff with like instant mm-hmm. portals and instant yeah. changes. It works pretty well here. Um, yeah, we saw it in the medium. We saw it in Lords of the Fallen. It's the same concept here. You have this device that you use, you turn it off or on, it changes the reality, yeah. basically. And there's some kind of cl- clever stuff with that, but not really. It's probably just used on a base level, like, oh, there's no door, there's uh, a wall. It's, it's now there's light. a door. Northlight, it's their own engine. It's the Northlight engine, yeah. that's what it's called. Um, we talked about the skill trees. Um, again, like I hardly upgraded any of the weapons because it was just they asked for way too many resources. I upgraded um, Alan pretty much pretty well. Yeah, like, he's not, she, she's a lot more expensive. Yeah, absolutely. And you gotta find all those lunch boxes. Yeah, him, it's like you just find the things to shine the light on and, and there's arrows in the environment that point you to them. Mm-hmm. Like if you just follow the yellow arrows, anytime you see one, it'll take you to one of those places where you shine the light and you get an upgrade for Alan Wake. Yeah, she finds those sometimes, but that's usually the cult stash stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, um, the visuals are incredible. I yeah. mean, you're seeing that already in the B-roll. It's a stunning game. Very good. I do think early on it makes kind of a negative. It made it have a negative impression where it felt like it didn't quite know where it wanted me to stand. And character models kept bumping me out. I'm of the constantly way moving the camera around. angle yeah. to get a good view of the conversations. Yeah. yeah. But other than that, like, yeah, it's it's gorgeous. It cheats a little bit. Like, these aren't open. This is not an open world game. These no, environments are pretty small. Yeah. But, like, that's fine. But it they looks. Need to be, it looks really good. It needs to be an open world. Yep. Um, but I'll say what I think the most impressive part of this game is, bar none, is the audio. Mm-hmm. The audio in this game is incredible, like across the board. Like, again, I played without music for the first hour or two to record B-roll and then turn the music on. 
being able to hear the ambient audio and the sound effects in this, they are incredible. Like when you get near the spirits and if you have really good surround sound, the spirits are swirling like all around yeah. you. Like the shadows like with Alan Wake section where the shadows and they're all like, wake. Like they're yeah, like, and the whispering very, stuff. very good. Oh yeah, like it's incredible. And I just discovered, by the way, that the audio in this game was handled by our sponsor, soundwizardry.com. Like, what a resume this game is for someone who works in audio. I mean, that B-roll's been in the the ad, too. Yeah, yeah. Also, I thought it was funny that, um, you know, there's that B-roll that's been used. We use it over and over again. Everybody uses it over and over again of going into the the general store and the deer runs through and then the monster breaks out. Mm Mm-hmm. I when I played this, the deer didn't trigger until I was turned around looking at the other side, and I missed it. The deer ran I, through me. Deer, I didn't even <laughs> see the deer, and then the guy busted out, and I warped over to where he was. I was like, "Well, I'm glad I saw that in B-roll all those times, because otherwise, I have no idea what the fuck just happened." The deer ran like right through me. Wow! Like it triggered at a weird time and went and ran right through my character model. These, um, this is very funny. Like these, these commercials, these, guys, these yeah. little TV spots that, that are in the game. There's like tour guide things who I think are actually plants from the control agency. Maybe, yeah. Because um, he's working with the with the guy who's like working on the 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 sensor the sensor tower. Yeah. Um, now look, typically I don't like the whole live action cinematics mixed mm-hmm. in with the real time cinematics, but I here's do. Here's the guy from Quantum Break. Right. It's just like it, yeah. This is like the Infinity War of, of Remedy yeah, yeah. games. <laughs> yeah. I but I do I do feel like um wait what was I saying? Mm-hmm. I lost my train of thought when you jumped in there. Um you don't like live action stuff oh, mixed yeah. with But this is one game where I think it kind of works. Yeah. For the first and like it, it hasn't always worked before like I think they finally got the characters in this looking close enough to a live action counterpart that it's not jarring to see digital Sam Lake versus like yeah, it looks that good. live action Sam Lake. Yep, I agree. Yep. I don't too many most games. I, do, I don't I do think, think pulls it Alan, off though. I do think Alan Wake looks a little too much like Jared Leto. Yeah. But since that's actually what the actor looks like, I guess I, I got to let that one go. Yeah. Um, but there it goes. Words of lamp. Yeah. <laughs> so this is upgrading Alan Wake right yeah. here. These are the envelopes in his drawer that you pull out after you shine the light on one of those cyclic patterns out in the mm-hmm. out in the world. And a lot of them aren't very good. What the, the power upgrade, ups? Yeah, the upgrades. I mean, maybe the the last. It's one like I don't is. even want them. Yeah. <laughs> or I don't even need them. Um, but also, ultimately, the presentation in this is great. Both the graphics and the sound are awesome. The writing is pretty good. You're, I mean, to your point, the story's not terrible. I just, I felt like I was working all the time playing this game, trying to figure out what was going on. And like, I got sick of it after a while. You gotta let go. But above you all... You gotta not worry about what's real and what isn't, because in the end, it'll all either fall into place or it won't. Yeah. But above all, you're right. The overarching sentiment i have of this game is that it's boring Mm -hmm. it's a horror game that's boring to play i had no draw to go back and play this game none coming off of spider-man where i could not put it down coming off of super mario brothers wonder where i could not put it down going to this game it was a stark contrast like Mm -hmm. i had to force myself to play this game matt and like, I, would, you know, I mean, I want to see more of what happens, but I also don't want to play, play it. it anymore. Right. I got, once I got stuck that one time, I was like, F this game. Like, that's ridiculous that I got stuck so long. If, like, I don't even know if, how long I would have gone on if I wouldn't have, like, started looking at, like, walkthroughs. Because I had to use the walkthroughs to eliminate everything else so I could finally find those clues that were buried in those files. Mm. Like, it was only after I used those to eliminate everything else that I was like, well, it's got to be something in the files. And sure enough, 
I dug into all of them and I found I found it oh, like Oh, that's good, Andy T. Monahan. You should that should have been the lower third what? survival borer. Yeah. <laughs> um and look, it may be that, you know, I just came off a week where I spent like fifty or sixty hours playing game. Maybe I was a little burnt out on playing games, but that really doesn't happen to me, Matt. Like I never get burnt out on playing video games. This yeah. game just didn't hook me in. Yeah, I just even for even for a horror game, you know I don't like horror games very much, but like, yeah. even for a horror game, this is dull yeah in terms of like what you well i mean i'm i'm like i'm i'm jumping from narrative tidbit to narrative tidbit i'm happy with that stuff but and things were like i said the puzzles like it just sort replacing of replacing fuses sort of insulting putting in, putting in codes like or like it's like okay now i gotta get through the same door where the code's different let's go back where the same code was oh, oh now it's one it. num- now it's, it's a new flashing number. the number yeah. okay great yeah. yeah like it's i don't know like it's just there's nothing engaging me outside of the story. Yeah. Um, Even the dual worlds thing. It's so simple in this. Like, it's mm-hmm. just like, flip the light. Oh, there's a doorway there now. Oh, I'll walk through the doorway. Like, now there's a hole in the fence I can walk yeah, through. I kept waiting for that stuff to kind of get off the training wheels stuff, and it didn't. It doesn't really. Which was odd. Yeah. Like, even the, 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 the corkboard thing with Saga, I was like, well, eventually that'll be harder to piece together and there'll be more stuff. And like, not no. really. I always felt like I just let the game do it. Um, after a while, I didn't even start even. I stopped looking at the clues and even trying to piece it together. I'm like, mm-hmm. I'll just try every index card until it connects. Like, well, it's weirdly linear yeah. in that regard. And like the you, whole game is extremely linear. Yeah. I mean, everything has to happen in the exact seat. Again, that's something I discovered when I was trying to get unstuck. Is that everything has to happen in a mm-hmm. very specific sequence? And the corkboard stuff adds extra steps to what normally would be automatically handled in a game mm-hmm. even a game like this yeah so basically you have to learn that you have to sort of you sort of have to kickstart the quest completion like there were several times early on where i'm like okay it's investigate the thing i did i did investigate right. all the things and then i realized, oh i gotta put all the investigated things in on the, the board, board before the character acknowledges that i've actually done that yep and then it'll set um, the next sequence into motion yeah. and rinse and repeat and yep. to the point that you can't even sequence break some of that stuff because the stuff you need will not appear until mm-hmm. you've made the deduction by putting stuff on the board which i guess fits the theme of it being a written story in universe mm-hmm but it's a frustrating game mechanic. Yeah, I agree. Um, again, I'm not going to slag anybody who liked the game more. Everyone's different. Everyone likes things differently. But you guys know I am a huge horror fan. I am a huge horror video game fan. I am a huge survival horror video game fan. And this game did not hook me at all. Like, I felt like I was like, oh, I need to play more Alan Wake 2 now. Like, it was like this thing that it was like a job. Yeah, it was the, a job. The narrative has hooked me in the same way that most of Remedy's stuff. I, I like what Remedy does with mm-hmm. their stories. I like their interconnected universe. I thought again, it's like Quantum Break. I thought Quantum Break was an interesting story. I didn't like playing it. Yeah. Same thing with this. I I like this story. I like Quantum Break way more than this. I actually like um, hmm, Quantum Break. Is I finished better. Quantum Break, no problem. Quantum Break has better like action gameplay. Right. Yeah. Just like Control. Yeah. Um, but like it's. You know, I, as you know, I was not super enthused about this game. Mm-hmm. I was actually pleasantly surprised by the narrative and let down by the gameplay somehow. Like, it's yeah. more boring than I thought it would be to play. I it's more re- interesting than I thought it would be to, yeah. I don't know what, what I think you made a good point. Like, like you can, t- I feel like you can totally watch someone play this game on YouTube and not lose anything. Mm-hmm. That's a shame. Yeah. Because <laughs> interactivity is what separates our favorite yeah. medium from but like everything I just, else. But like I just don't think that... I don't think watching someone play, like, 
a section of this game and playing it myself are going to be all that different because it's, it's so not. painfully linear. Yeah. You have to do everything the same way. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah. So anyway, and there, been, there actually have been times when if I did something like where I felt like I wasted too much ammo or too much battery power, I've just reset, like loaded the last checkpoint mm -hmm. or like loaded the last, Me too. the last save. I'm just like, why not? I'm just like, yeah, I'm, I, I can do that better. Yeah. I, 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 and I'm, I'd rather oh, yeah, not do I that. wasted a lot. It's like I ran out of batteries because I was wasting time trying to running around, trying to mm -hmm. exhaust all the options until I was like, finally I gave up and started looking at walkthroughs because I went through all my batteries. <laughs> yeah, I actually I looked up a walkthrough on the explore the previously flooded areas because I just didn't understand what they wanted. Yeah, hey, what do you do. want me to do here? Yeah, and like you go up to a, the area you were at before, but there's a new enemy there, and I'm like, am I supposed to be here? Or I'm supposed to go back to the car? Like, I don't know, because like it's optional. So what do I do? And so I looked it up, and like, oh, you have to go further through here, and that was and it was fine. There's a lot of stuff to find up there, but like it's so odd like it's just it's so far from what they seem to tell you to do mm -hmm. and there's no hint that like yeah you want to go all the way or oh, the end of the beach and then up here and then across the area you've already been and then for some reason this area is open now when it wasn't before because well, then it I'm was worried, flooded like, but is now this real or not is this real should i listen to what these people are telling me or are they not real like again this is the problem i have when you're playing like something whereas like it could be real it could not be real it's like well who do you believe do you, is it what this person is telling you should you actually do it or are they fake like i don't want to think about crap like that when i'm playing a game like i just don't like it just turned like, me off real like alan wake or like anything that happens in the game i felt like i never knew whether it was really happening or not but now to your point you say everything's fake which i never thought that was the case like i thought she was real like i knew obviously a human being can't go to some weird supernatural no, place he, when he washes up and he meets her he's shocked because she's not she's one of his characters right and so's you know sam lake obviously but i still thought she was real but you're saying she's not I mean, she's as real as anything in this. But she's flesh thing. and blood, right? But also, she's a fictional character. <laughs> anyway, um, it's just you gotta watch more Twin Peaks, man. I, I, just, I was never a big fan of Twin Peaks, honestly. Mm -hmm. Like, I never was. So, but anyway, I just ultimately or found Drive. There's a, there's a. There's, I have watched that. Yeah. I mean, there's there's two versions of reality that are not compatible with each other in yeah. that movie, and that's yeah. similar things going on here. But ultimately, I I found the story to be frustrating to follow, and I found the game to be boring to play, mm -hmm. and so therefore, I do not recommend it for people. Yeah. I would, Although I did, I I fair out all Mexico, but I did learn the hard way that, uh, uh, and they do tell you this, but I forgot when you go to the mine place. The game isn't paused. Right. Your character's still alive, <laughs> yeah. live out in the world. Oh, uh, yeah. To the point that, like, don't do that when people are talking or you'll miss the conversation. That's true. Yeah. And, like, to the point that I, I think you... They do tell you that, though. They do tell you that. I just yeah. forgot, and, like, I went to pause it, because usually go to the maps. That's what I'm used to with uh, Spider-Man. Go to the map screen, and you've paused it. Yeah. I went to the map screen, and I died. Yeah. Because shadow people yeah. came up. Pro tip. I there. think the shadow people even seem to be somewhat inspired by the uh, Twin Peaks Season 3 episode eight the got a light guys like no i remember that yeah yeah that's funny how that jogged like, my memory it wears its source material on its sleeve yeah um which makes it pretty easy to sort of see what kind of mindset they want you to be in um one of the most interesting things in that regard is how different the mindset is versus control but i guess that somewhat makes sense because control is about trying to control that element of the mm -hmm. world that the remedy verse and alan wake is about being caught in it yeah um, trying to escape it in I'm some ways. I'm curious where the where the control uh, bureau is going to sort of manifest, or if it's just sort of there to remind you that that is also part of this universe. Yeah. Um, and I never did actually play the Alan Wake DLC for Control. 
So I, I didn't either, actually. I don't know. I'm, and, I'm and, sure that adds some context. Yeah, I'm not sure what that was. I know there's Gary, there's graffiti everywhere. This is Awe, yeah, Alan Wake, because yeah. that was the, the name of the yep. DLC. Yeah. Um, a lot of the graffiti is important. Yeah. Uh, there's a bunch of stuff going on there. Yeah. But, um, but I would only recommend this game to people who love narrative-driven games and people who are willing to be patient and sit and try yeah. to figure things out. Like, Yeah, the problem is, like, if you're in you're into narrative driven stuff and like David Lynch weird stuff, Stephen King stuff, you probably would be into this, but it's it's not a very good game. You still got to play it. Yeah, yeah, there's still parts where you have to play. Yeah, so maybe just go watch all the cutscenes spliced together on YouTube. Yeah, the problem is you wouldn't get the full experience because one of the things that makes it cool is being able to see it on full full 4K and surround sound. Right. And like having you know the, the the full audio visual experience is sort of part of it. Yeah. The audio experience, particularly Presenta- presentationally, it's very impressive. What it is done. like it's yeah, it's next level on what they've done, and Control was already next level off of what they've done previously, and then Quantum Break was next level. I mean, they they up the they bar build. every single time they make yeah, a game for sure. Um, this one just doesn't. In the same way that the first Alan Wake didn't really grab me gameplay wise, I just didn't. Th- I didn't think the story in Alan Wake one was particularly compelling either. Mm-hmm. And this one, I do think the story is compelling. I just don't care about what you got to play the game as a game as in gameplay yeah yeah so there you go this alan wake 2 i wouldn't say that's two thumbs down from us but would you recommend somebody buy it at full price i don't know i would really struggle to you mean you just it really depends on your patience level with like by the numbers by rote survival or gunplay Mm -hmm. like if you're fine with and there's not a lot of it yeah, at first. It does lot, ramp it, up it eventually. It ramps up, but it's like as long as you're okay with like really uninspired like gunplay and just like you know, this ain't Resident Evil Four. No, like you know, like no. that's that's the thing. It's like you, but it's like if you value that kind of weird ass. There's not. I can't think of another game that's telling a story of this nature with this level of production value. Um, like you might be looking at something like I don't know. Kentucky Route Zero. The medium sort of in the same. The I mean, me- the medium had a pretty good story. The medium did not have a story like this. No, it was it was the psychological elements of this are more interesting. The meta textual, meta fictional stuff is more interesting. There's not a lot happening like that. The only thing I can really think of is Kentucky Route Zero, which is done with very small pixel right. art. Yeah, um, yeah, big difference. Yeah, there. I don't know. I would also assume that the price on this is going to drop. Yep, pretty quickly, really soon. Um, no physical version. It'll be interesting to see how that works out for them. Yeah, I don't know. Again, I saw somebody in the flesh trying to buy the game who was yeah. like, what the hell? I mean, I honestly <laughs> forgot it didn't have a physical version until you started telling that story. Yeah. It's just, it's so, I mean, I know that it's, it's so out of the ordinary. Supposedly, it's like some kind of thing where it's like, that's the one of the only ways they could afford or was were willing to be published somehow mm-hmm. by not having to spend the money on distribution and having yeah. to go through all that. But it's like, yeah. It's I odd. mean, I think that's going to become more and more common. Yeah, I think so too. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I admire the game's accomplishments, but I don't enjoy playing it, so it's very hard to give it a recommendation. But it's also very hard to, like, say, I don't play this thing that's doing this really interesting thing. Yeah. Uh, narratively and presentationally. I don't know. I'm torn. Yeah. It's like another it's another mid... Yeah, I would not recommend it to most people I know. I'll put it to you that way. Um, but there you go. That is Alan Wake 2. Next up, we're going to talk about the biggest event of the week. Xbox had a partner preview which was the first partner preview that I think Xbox you skipped is... some. I did. According to the lower third. Oh, I did. See how I had it on the rundown. Oh, you're right. I did have that second. All right, we're going to talk about a game next. A game that I actually did not play, mm-hmm. but Matt has played, and I mean, it is you've the played Met- it. 
What do you say? You well, I have. Yeah. <laughs> because ultimately, there haven't been that many changes. And that is the Metal Gear Solid Collection, which is available for, like, everything. The Master Collection. Yeah, the Master Collection. Volume 1, because there right. is there are other ones coming. It includes the first three Metal Gear Solid games, Metal Gear from the NES. And what's the last game? Is Metal Gear and Metal Gear 2 Solid Snake from the MSX. Yeah. And... Snake's Revenge from the NES, and I think it also has the Metal Gear NES version as well. Wow. So, like, um, eight games, nine games? Yeah, well, the four of them you'll probably never play. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, those old games are hard to, to get through. Actually, they're all pretty hard to, to get through. Yeah. Um, Metal Gear Solid 1, at this point, is... still the best one. <laughs> Sadly, it is, but it's also really archaic. Yeah, but it's also extra archaic in this collection, for some reason. Why? Um... The so the problem with this collection is that they've done pretty much no work on any of the updated updating anything other than maybe putting the PS5 button like on the title screen. Mm -hmm. um, like the the Metal Gear Solid One is really blurry, and I don't know why. And I actually went back and maybe they want it that way because if no, it looks crystal clear, it would probably look god awful. It already looks god awful. But like. <laughs> But I went and put the the um, my Metal Gear Solid One PS One disc in my PS Three, and it looks better than this. And it's still running at seven twenty p. It's still the same resolution. Uh -huh. um, it's just like it's almost any other version of this game looks sharper than the one in this. And I don't know why. It's weird. It's running through it's some emulation thing or whatever. It's just very fuzzy, um, distractingly so in places because um, it didn't even look like that really on the old system. Um, so I don't really get it. It is nice that they, you know, here it is and it's playable and it's fine. Um, they're all old versions. Like, 2 and 3 are just the HD collection versions repackaged with the script book. You can look at the script, you can look at the master book or whatever and see the whole script and stuff. Um, and just as an example of how slapdash this thing is... Uh, that first title because you have that kind of master collection title screen that lets you pick those options and mm -hmm. then you pick pick the game. You can pick all the different language options, which is cool. Though it seems like if you pick the European version of Metal Gear Solid One, it runs at fifty hertz. Wow, it's PAL. So I guess if you really want to be authentic to your experience back in the day, <laughs> you can play this at a moderately unplayable frame rate. Well yeah. Done. Um, but the uh, so and it shows a kind of in the corner. You know, it's all like kind of busy text thing that Metal Gear does. And it shows the the missions in the thing at the top of the master collection thing. So on the Metal Gear Solid Two one, it shows you know tanker and shell kind of thing, and on Metal Gear Solid Three it shows virtuous mission and whatever that and it misspells virtuous. <laughs> it says virtuos, uh, which is is perfect a perfect encapsulation of the care and 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 attention to detail in this collection. Yeah. Um, and if you look at the title screens on Metal Gear Solid 2 and 3, they say 2011 and 2012 because they're from the HD collection from 10 years ago. <laughs> Are you kidding me? No, they're the exact, they're the exact wow. same thing. They're the exact same games. Wow. This is literally just let's get them to let's get these people to pay a third or fourth time for Metal Gear Solid 3. Wow. So I loaded each of them up and just sort of played through. I played until I died pretty much, which yeah. wasn't all that long for yeah. most of them. Because, again, these games are very archaic. you got to play them Incredibly now, and you're like, archaic. what the heck? Like, I'm sure there's people with muscle memory for this shit, but I just I found these games to I find these games to be unplayable. Last today. time I played Metal Gear Solid 1, I had completely forgotten how to play the whole game. I had to yeah. relearn how to play it again. Because it, there's just no other games that play yeah. like that now. Well, I'll tell you this much. Um, going back through, especially starting new games of all three of these games back-to-back, -back, um, 
do people seriously complain that like modern games are too tutorial-y? Yeah. Because <laughs> I will take some tooltip pop-ups and button prompts over the 45 minutes of meaningless conversation that happened at the beginning of any of it, whether explaining the snake things that he should either know already as a high-class operative or things you should have told him before he left. Yeah, the codec conversations in these games are so long. And there's things that are just like, well, I mean, I it's they, they take themselves so seriously and then they try to be weird and whimsical and it doesn't really add up. And there's things like in this one where he's like, I didn't expect a, you know, a mailing to be so cute. I'm like, there's no video component to the Kodak in universe. How do you see what she looks like? Only we can. That's yeah. There's pictures of them because we want to be able to have the gamers be able to see what you're looking at, but he can't see them. I mean, a lot of the writing in these, it's awful. It's awful. It's it's awful. awful. Yeah. Like and and it's. I mean, you worse can see now. some of the text here. It's just like what? Like it's and really so hard to believe is, how these games are held up as these like bastions yeah. of well, I mean, game development i mean look visually they were you know there's nothing i mean i, I remember seeing, seeing that uh hind d take off when mm -hmm. it first came out there's nothing else that looked like that on back then the yeah. tech is incredible yeah being able to zoom in and look at all this like nothing like nothing like that be, yeah. the effect that they can follow your footprints nothing yeah. like that existed uh-huh but the fucking storytelling is awful yeah. it is it is run through two different translators it's it's by a guy who thinks John Carpenter was a good writer. Like it's it's awful. It's just terrible. And like, and I'm sorry, but like, Eric Cartman has asked, "I've never played a Metal Gear game other than the NES game. Are these worth playing?" No, no, I don't think they if are. You, if you don't have any nostalgia for this stuff, forget it. Dude, forget it. We're now seeing the beginning of Metal Gear Solid Two. Again, unbelievable. Just boring AF. Who yeah. cared? Whoever cared about this crap? I remember now trying to play Metal Gear Solid Two and playing yeah. the first like five hours and be like, "What the hell are these people on that well, think also, this game is awesome?" But also, like again, the opening of this game. This is not the opening. This is later. But like the opening where he's on the bridge, right? And just no one ever seen anything like that. Yeah. Like and now, of course, it's like you know, get people they're doing the remake of uh, three, and everyone's complaining that it's not like color time. Like it's, everything's not got this giant, you know, neon green filter over everything. It's mm -hmm. like, yeah, all those filters on these games were because the, the tech wasn't up to you know the equip hardware wasn't up to doing what he wanted them to do. That's why on the bridge, most of the traffic is just two cars running by and a bunch of like bright like bl Gaussian blurs of they're supposed to be like headlights and taillights. Right, yeah, like if you put that up on a modern thing, it's gonna look. You can see exactly what it is. Yeah. Like you have to redo it like that. Like it, it's it's everyone acts like it's an artistic choice, but it's really a limited a limitation that allowed for a creative choice that worked at the time. But I don't think you're gonna be able to get away with that now. Just look how green that it's is. It's just dull. It's like the first mission, you're going to like an oil tanker in the middle of the ocean and you're trying to rescue like an ecological activist. Like, it's just like, what? You're trying, Who well, you're cares? Trying to, you're trying to get a picture of the Metal Gear Ray to prove that the government is doing another Metal Gear thing. Right. Um, which is funny now because it's like, pictures don't prove anything anymore. Yeah. You know, it's like, <laughs> what would that mean? Like, yeah. any, anything, with, anything with this amount of tech in this game would be able to fake pictures pretty easily. Yeah. Um, none of it makes much sense. Uh, they do the whole thing where it's like, we obsessively research military stuff 
and then we don't make any sense militarily right or like things where it's like you know snake is running around like it's like, it's like oh it's this and it's like ak-47s with an extra attachment and then he says asap instead of asap right you know yeah. it's just like guys <laughs> yeah you know, they're sitting there t- you know otacon and him in the first scene are telling each other stuff that they both already clearly know but they yeah. need to tell it it's just exposition 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 um metal Gear Solid three again i hate that opening thing where it's like they do all, go through all this stuff about like oh it's the first Halo jump, and you have to jump down here. And now you, you know, your you know, your presence in Russian territory, Soviet territory, is an act of war. So you have to pick up everything that you, to take it with you, and you have to like even you have to bust your own Just shit about out. Fox, Fox Hunt Pound. You have, you, have and like, t- you have to take all your stuff with you. And like in the previous scene, he lands the he throws the parachute over the cliff. He throws his watch over the cliff. He throws the helmet that says U.S. Army on the yeah. ground and leaves it there. <laughs> it's just like what? None of it adds up. And then like there's the whole thing where like you get there and he's like it's like I'm on my own. What am I supposed to eat? And they just spent like the last scene talking about how this has to be the fastest mission ever. Right. It's going to take yeah. four hours tops because that's how much fuel. <laughs> it's like you can't fucking hold it for four hours, Snake. You got to eat constantly. Like what do you have some kind of hole in your stomach? Like it's yeah. stupid. Yeah. It's fucking stupid. It's. It really is crazy how these games have been romanticized. Well. I know. Like, trying to play Snake Eater now is even with the subsistence upgrades, because this does have the subsistence stuff. Mm-hmm. With the, with, they don't have Snake versus Monkey, because obviously a multi platform game is not going to have Ape Escape. Yeah. But you can, you know, you move the camera around, you can do all that stuff that you could do in subsistence that made the game, you know, actually playable. Like, play this, play Snake Eater and try to imagine the first version where you couldn't actually move the camera. It was just stuck behind him all no, the time. No, it was a nightmare. You have no peripheral awareness. You don't have any, really don't have any peripheral awareness anyway. Um, but it's so hard to get through and just like sort of figure it out. And it's like, okay, so like all this stuff, that's all this realistic stuff, and you have to do this, and you have to like eat this, and do that, you know, carve this. And but you have a magic coveralls that can just change camouflage all the time, and you have to go in like three menus deep to pick it and change it. <laughs> it's I, I hate that game. I hate. I, it's this is the, the worst. Fifth, this it is the, is fifth the worst. time I've tried to play Metal Gear Solid Three in the twenty years or so it's been out, and I'm sorry. I don't understand why people like this thing. Matt, don't you remember? It's I reviewed awful. it for X Play, and that. I gave it a, either a three or a two out of five. You gave it a four. Did I? You gave it a four. I ended up giving it a four. One percent. Interesting. I thought I gave it something lower than that, but you I remember wanted, you wanted people to, wanted but, to kill me yeah. or kill. Us. They didn't know I reviewed it back then, but they wanted mm-hmm. to kill us. Oh yeah, people were mad for weeks, for oh, years about years, that. years about it, and I still contend I was right. Like it's like an it was back then. It was like an eight out of ten. Now I don't know what I would give it, but mm-hmm. like part to your the, point, I started the, having like horrible flashbacks of playing Metal Gear Solid Three, just watching the mm-hmm. B roll of this. I was just like. Part of the problem with this is that, like, this is, like, some of the stuff that Kojima was doing with the gameplay in these games didn't have a precedent, really, right. at the time. So he was kind of making up the controls as yeah, they went. he was trying went. to figure it out as he went, yeah. And this, none of this is the direction we went. Like, yeah. you have to hold he was R1. not right very Like, often. you have to hold R1 to aim, to go first person, and then you have to hold square to pull the gun. <laughs> How do you aim the gun now? Yeah. Because the aiming is the right stick. I, both my fingers here. Where's my? What do I? So I've been like using the right stick to aim with my, my <laughs> with your left thumb. thumb. I'm like, what? <laughs> it's fucking unplayable. Just let me fucking look with the. But you didn't. They didn't remake this. I and mean, that's why you need a remake of Snake Eater. That's yeah. why Metal Gear Solid Delta is a good fucking idea. The big problem here is that these games just aren't worth buying again in this. If you are, especially if you already have the HD collection, you already have these games. Yeah. Um, the only reason to buy this is if you are a completist Metal Gear, per- Kojima Metal Gear person, or if you don't have the HD collection, 
or if you just want to su su like support this because volume one implies future volumes and I do not understand <laughs> do you what, want them? I don't understand what the purpose of the master collection is if not to get Metal Gear Solid 4 off the PS3 well there's already rumors now that they're working on that that has to be where the budget is going because it didn't go to anything in this yeah um, and I'm kind of concerned that the next uh, volume two will end up being like a portable collection maybe it'll be like the acids and, yeah from the uh, PSP portable ops and, and Peace mm -hmm. Walker and like in that and then like the fourth the last collection would probably be like Metal Gear Solid 4 and the two versions of 5 uh, Ground Zeroes and uh, Phantom Pain right um, that would be my guess of how they go yeah um, but yeah like the, re the purpose of the Master Collection has to be to get Metal Gear Solid 4 rescued from the PS3 right you would think but it's after no this I don't know why man. would you call it Master Collection it's take if work. it doesn't have one of the main numbered uh, entries in it not I'm that not they haven't done it confident before confident that Konami's gonna invest in the work that needs to be done to no, make I that mean, happen I agree after seeing this like the Abrams no Metal Gear Solid 4 is not on PC it's not on anything but the PS3 yeah it's still trapped there man it hasn't made it to PC or anything. It's that's the cell architecture. Mm -hmm. It's proprietary, and few I mean, people learn how to it, work with it. And, but it it takes work. I mean, you probably just got to rebuild the game from scratch. Would be my guess. I don't probably know. pretty close to it. I would yeah, say. yeah. So. Or, have, or a really robust PlayStation Three emulator, but that's a hard thing to to do. I'm, all I can say is I'm glad you played this because I knew all along I had no interest in playing any of this. Mm -hmm. Like I've never been a big fan of Metal Gear Solid, even when the games were coming out. Like I had a better appreciation for them then, but now in hindsight, mm -hmm. it's like I saw someone in chat was it's like, just "So fucking what dumb. N64 or PS1 games held up a lot? There are a lot of N64 or PlayStation One games that held that More hold N64 up more N64 than." Particularly as far as gameplay is In terms is of concerned. gameplay, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like, I'll still play Mario 64. Yeah. Banjo oh, it's sublime. Those games oh, control amazingly well. Ape so Escape. Some developers were able to find control solutions that have withstood the yeah. test of time. Some of them did, and Kojima just didn't. Everything that he tried, you're yeah, right. Is, none of this really works. He was trailblazing. He just ended up blazing the trail in a different direction. Yeah, and none of it really works in modern context. And that's why they're remaking 3 into something. That, I guarantee you when 3 comes out, the remake... Delta or whatever, like I guarantee you that left trigger will be aim. Oh yeah, of course. Why wouldn't it be? That's the, the I mean playing this whole thing this is game, absurd. This game the CQC controls are insane. Yeah. The whole like repairing yourself and having to go all the deep into those menus so to like the menu. fix yourself. This is better in the sense that you don't have to sit through quite as much loading. Right. Uh and sort of the menus are snappier. Mm -hmm. Um but it's still tedious as hell. Yeah. I I don't know. So Look, I'm not disrespecting you if you're a big fan of Metal Gear. Um, we all have things yeah, from I our younger if, years. I assume if you're a big fan of, of these games and they're still playing them, you have the muscle memory to be able to deal with these controls. Because yeah. to me, it's like trying to speak another language. It really is bizarre. Yeah. But you're, to your point, like, again, control schemes were just being sorted out back then. So mm -hmm. I'm not, I don't really begrudge Kojima for taking these directions. He didn't have any direction to follow. He's trying to figure it out. But ultimately, he was wrong in most cases. So it is what it is. How much was this altogether? It was 60, 60 for bucks. the whole thing. And then you could buy them individually. I guess I would say maybe you recommend this for people who are not who are younger and no, didn't I grow up with these games. No, absolutely. I would, if you were younger, don't bother with these. Yeah. I wouldn't Imagine a younger player picking this up and trying to play it. I think people, people, who don't, <laughs> people who have no nostalgia for these games shouldn't touch this. Yeah. It's, it's, it, there's no way you're going to enjoy any of this stuff. It's so clunky. It's so weird. It's so dumb. Um, <laughs> a blip in history says, um, if you wanted to see the potential power of a console early on, wait for Kojima to make a game with it. 
what I thought then. I think a lot of people felt that I mean, way. I don't true. think that that's misguided, honestly. That's like, true. That was absolutely true of Metal Gear Solid 2. Yeah. Like, the fact that the PlayStation 2 could do that. Yeah. Like, there's a reason those that, that trailer was the hardest area to walk through at E3 that year. It was people yeah. crowded around watching it over and over and over. They couldn't believe how good it looked. It was, And then that demo came out with Zone of the Enders, a single-handedly right. Zone of the Enders, a bestseller. Yeah, and I remember, you know, Miguel, my, you know, we know Miguel from back in the tech TV days. Um, he got it, and he we, we just sat there and played that fucking tanker demo over and over and over and over That's again. That's right. Yeah, I you know, forgot you could about do that. And all the watermelons you could blow up, and all uh, the like, what, different weird things you could, you know. It's, it was it a was different a, time. Yeah. <laughs> um, Andy T. Monahan asks, aren't these the only versions available digitally since they were delisted? That's probably true. The HD collections, I think, are gone now. Okay. Unless you have a physical copy. Um, Justin Harmon, no, this is not only 20 bucks. It's 60 bucks. It's sixty. Like I think each individual game is twenty bucks. Can you buy them separately? Yeah, All you can buy, them, you want you can buy to? them separately. Oh, okay. I didn't uh, realize that. One, two, and three, and the MSX NES games are all four separate packaged together as twenty dollar packages. I think so. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, for some people, buying Metal Gear Solid three for twenty bucks that might not be a bad deal to them. I don't know. To me, it would be. I wouldn't pay five dollars for it, but to each their own. No. I is. I don't. I think if someone's used to modern controls and has never played these, because again. I would love to love these games. And I did like the first one a lot at the time, but like every they've just been left in the dust in terms of yeah. usability, playability and presentation. Like it's just even the one, you know, the first one is the one I like the most. It's just too hard to sit through the the turgid nonsense yeah. anymore. It's so dumb. Again, Marcus, <laughs> a bunch of wank. <laughs> yeah. It's it really is a bunch of wank. So there you go. That's the Metal Gear Solid Master Collection mm. Volume 1. Yes. Did I get that right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> volume 2, when do you think we're going to see it? Two years from now, probably? Maybe. Vincent says you can't buy the classics separately. That might be true. Okay. So Just the one, two, three, NES. I think, I think maybe you get the classics as part of the package. Okay. Gotcha. But, they, but it, on the PlayStation, it does download as a separate install. Okay. The classics. All right. So that's two thumbs down from us. I don't know if you're surprised by that. Neither one of us are big Kojima Metal Gear fans. No. But I also feel like we give him a fair shake. Like, I don't have anything against him. Like, his games just don't resonate with me. They're, they're, they are, in my opinion, the epitome of style over substance. Yeah. Style over Metal Gear substance. Yeah. There you go. Um, yeah. I would agree with that. And the stuff that I do like from him are the things that he's really just only tangentially involved with, like like Zone of the Enders. Yeah. Yep. So there you go. That's two thumbs down from Game Face for the Metal Gear Solid Master Collection Volume 1. Now we're going to move on to the biggest event from the week, which was an event called the Xbox Partner Preview. It was the first ever partner preview from Xbox, but it claims that it's going to become a series and they're going to keep coming back. And basically all they are... It's just a chance for Xbox to show off the third-party games that are coming to Xbox in the near future. Um, and so we got to look at some of them, although I would say in general, Matt, if these are the big third-party games coming to Xbox, I don't, I don't know. Um, I feel like maybe they should have started things off with a better bang if, they're, if this is going to be a recurring series that they're doing. Like, I don't have fun memories of this now, I guess is the way I would put it, so I'm not... I didn't even know this happened. Right, well, there you go. There wasn't enough big stuff in it for you to even know that it happened. Um, the one big thing, and I think when everyone saw it first happening, everyone was like, oh my gosh, here it comes, is the Metal Gear Solid Delta Snake Eater, mm -hmm. which is the remake of Metal Gear Solid 3 that's in development right now at Konami. Um, everybody pretty much unanimously was disappointed with this trailer. 
the engine looks good the game looks good but the trailer was boring mm. as crap a lot of the comments we saw on sifted for this was you can really tell the difference between konami handling the metal gear franchise and kojima handling the metal gear franchise yeah, kojima's preview for this would have been some weird arg like crazy like it would have been interesting at least and fun yeah, to watch it would have given you no information whatsoever but right. it would still would have been like oh that's entertaining was, yeah and this was just boring it's like look at the engine here's some character models Kept like waiting huh? here's yeah. it's like, like, like <laughs> exactly. stop it stop it there was a thing so there was a thing where i think uh David Hayter was actually involved in some of the promotion for some of this. Oh, he said this is just the beginning. Yeah, and in the end, he says apparently when he says that in that trailer, that's supposed to be him doing his snake voice, which I had no idea. Wow. And, and people are like, "Oh, he still got it." Listen to that. I'm like, that sounds nothing like wow. Solid Snake. What are you it talking means he about? He can't do it anymore. Well, he does. What was that game um, where he it was the bad guy in it? It was earlier this year. It was like weirdly. It was almost like kind of. Um, Super hot looking. You remember, you remember what I'm talking about? Like, he was no, like kind of black and white, that. like cyberpunky, and he's the bad guy. He sounds a lot like an evil solid snake in that, but he's under a lot of post processing. So I don't mm -hmm. know if, but if, so I, maybe he can do it with a lot of a little help. But like, that's a hard voice to do. Even playing one, two, and three, he gets worse at the voice every game. And like, because it, it's hard. It's yeah, it a hard is, voice. It's hard in your voice. And, yeah. uh, and there's so many damn lines to right. read. <laughs> well, especially as you get to three, where it's like, where Kojima starts trying to have Snake give like actual like emotional performances, right. and that is not the voice for that. The it's one impossible. The, one of the weird things about about the Metal Gear games as you go back and play them is like Snake's kind of a whiny loser. Yeah. Like, why are you so upset about and reacting to things that a, basically a soldier should already know mm -hmm. or the thing where at the very big you're, you're in the middle of Soviet territory in the middle of a jungle waist deep in alligators and you're like why would you abandon me like what it's like no not that you're on the fucking radio with all these other people yeah. it's extremely <laughs> embarrassing and they've already said this or the Russians are probably listening in yeah. and it's just like everyone in the fucking eastern hemisphere knows you're a giant baby now good yeah. work like it's just he's not an, a cool character he's a he's a dork well all i can say is they better make a hell of a lot more changes to this game than just the graphics because they need to update the gameplay and that and everything i, I can't imagine this this isn't a full overall I, in that regard. it better be but maybe not having to hold a button to sneak up on people who doesn't tell you that you need to hold a button to sneak up on them. that took me like three years to figure out how come these guys hear me right as i'm behind them so oh, you got to hold down the button before you i'm like nobody, nobody fucking yeah. told me that <laughs> don't even say that in the fucking yeah. manual so anyway, um, yeah, pretty big synapse. That's what it was. Thank yeah, you. That's Andy. right. Thank you, everybody. Pretty big disappointment for Metal Gear Solid Delta. Although my guess is future trailers, people will feel a lot better when they actually see a lot more gameplay and they're not just showing off the new engine. Uh, the second game that they showed is finally the Unreal Engine Five next gen version of Ark Survival Evolved, which is called Ark Survival Ascended. It looks pretty damn good. I mean, it is a huge upgrade over the original arc, but the Where's thing too well, the thing is, is like the original arc will now eventually be delisted. This will be the only version on the market mm. eventually. So I'm assuming all the stuff that everyone's done in the game leading up to this transfers over into the new game and everything just looks better. Like, I can't imagine that they would like, I have nephews that have built like cities in this <laughs> game. Like, and they have, like, herds of dinosaurs running through their villages. Like, I don't think there's any way they could wipe all that. Like, I'm guessing all that stuff transfers over into the new game. And, I mean, hot dang, the new game looks gorgeous. There's no denying it. It's a huge upgrade 
from Survival Evolved. This was delayed a couple of different times, that though. That doesn't look amazing. No, the animation of that <laughs> fish. <laughs> they haven't quite figured out the physics of swimming there yet. No. But, I mean, I don't know if you remember what the original arc looked yeah, like. It is amazing what the upgrade is here. And it also, by the way, launched on the very same day mm -hmm. that this presentation happened. So it's out there now. I feel like I'd still bounce off it in about 20 minutes. Yeah. So. I mean, I'm not a survival game no. player. I just don't enjoy it. Um, they're not my thing. But, man, do my nephews love these games. You want to make a functional single-player RPG out of this thing? I yeah. Totally then I'm in. Like, I'm all about the dinosaurs. It's yeah. just the rest of it that I just check out it's from. It's very hard to get decent dinosaur content these days. It really is. It really is. Like, I still don't know why Turok doesn't exist. Like, they've made a couple here and there. Turok's licensing is real mixed up. Yeah. Because of his, it because started it as a, a comic. It's a comic book. And, so, like, whoever yeah. holds the, those licenses, kind of, I don't even know who has that right now. Yeah, was it... Who who originally published the comic? Well, it used to... Was it Dark Horse? No, it was Gold Key back in the day. Was it? And then Valiant started doing the, the 90s ones. And then Acclaim bought Valiant. Uh, and then Acclaim sold dissolved. them or went under or yeah. something. And then somebody else had them. I don't know who has the rights to the, the old Valiant stuff now. Because there was a new Valiant. Maybe DC bought them? I can't remember. There does need to be there more were new Valiant comics video for game content. Well, there was the second extinction that co-op shooter that just went under mm -hmm. it was pretty good i played it and i was pl pleasantly surprised by it but they didn't have enough money to finish the game and so they just basically delisted it so okay. yeah i don't know why there should be tons of dinosaur games i, I never get tired of fighting dinosaurs mm -hmm. they're fun so we'll see just give me like horizon but with real dinosaurs yeah um and then next this to me was the most pleasant surprise of this whole thing like a dragon infinite wealth which at first they had the trailer of the guy naked on the beach and we're like oh that's just a joke that's it's not real no it, then no, we find out no it's really set on an island paradise and then with this we find out that it's actually like animal crossing you are managing the island resort and mm -hmm. the gameplay and the gameplay loop is very much like animal crossing this series just never fails to surprise me yeah, there's a. Uh, this series has no fear. It really is not afraid of like pissing off fans or like going against what people uh, expectations. Like, first of all, you know, you turn Yakuza into like an RPG after it was a hack and slash for all that time, and then you're just like, you know what, the sky's the limit. Now we're just going to make it like a, a resort management sim. Like, it's really, really crazy. I don't think this game is what people thought it was going to be. No. Are you more or less excited for it now? I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to <laughs> it's say. It's like a lateral move. I am so far behind on this series. Like yeah. it's just. I mean, this is what they can put out. Like what three or four of these in the space of a year? Yeah. Too much. It is too much. For a human being to... Well, then there's, there's like a Dragon Gaiden, which is right. like the old school hack and slash style. Right. The man who... The knew who, too much or whatever. Erased his name or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, that's it. Yeah, but man. then, I mean, Ishin just came out in February. Yeah. That that one's due in January. Like, that's a lot. It's probably too much. These are 100-hour games. I know. Yeah. It's probably too much for a series that is marginally popular, but... If you include the Judgment series, is even more, which yeah. are kind of tangent. I mean, I think they're the same universe to some degree. Yeah, this is kind of like Animal Crossing for adults, even though adults do play Animal Crossing, but... I mean, real estate has always been a big function. In it has, actually. I mean, so maybe it isn't that this crazy. Is a very, of a... This is a pretty natural evolution of the series <laughs> to me. Really. enough, it kind of is. <laughs> it's funny to think about. Um, but I think this might have caught some people off guard. I don't think a lot of people expected it. I mean, the thing that catches me the most off guard is it's coming to the West. Right. Like, usually this is the, this is the kind of installment that would never, ever be translated. It, or it takes, like, four years or yeah. whatever to come to 
the U.S. or to Europe. So did you just get hearts for rubbing that man's belly? I think I think they did. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Look at this; it's insane. I mean, that's pretty great. I mean, I'll be honest with you, Matt. I am more excited for this game now. Yeah, I am than than what I thought it was before. And clearly, you're gonna have to fight some pirates. Yeah, you know, yeah, how it goes fight yeah. some warthogs. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it still looks like there's turn-based combat in it. Or is it real-time combat? No, that's real-time. Is that's, it? That's the old, that's the old combat. <laughs> it's really crazy. I like, though, that it's kept me guessing. And I don't know 100% exactly what it is mm-hmm. and what I'm going to be doing. Um, that lack of clarity has me excited for the game. How can you argue, how can you argue with how happy he looks? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm happy watching it. This trailer made me laugh several times. I don't times. think you need the coat. Yeah. Or the furry. Yeah, I don't think you need. I don't think you need the overcoat in the tropical island. I mean, I mean, it's literally just Animal Crossing with in reality. It's really bizarre. Um, it'll be interesting to see how it does. I think it'll be successful in Japan. Yeah, we'll see how it does here. It'll, be, it'll have its cult hit status. I yeah. think. But again, that is like a dragon, infinite wealth. Um, and then they shared a couple indie games. We're going to talk about very briefly. Uh, the first one is called. Spirit of the North 2. You may remember the first Spirit of the North where you played as a fox. And if you played that game, you probably remember how it ended. Um, And it was a very sad ending to the game. I think most people probably guessed that before they played Spirit of the North. And it lived up to expectations in that way. Now there's a sequel. The difference is you're still controlling a fox. However, you also now have a raven sidekick. So my guess is that'll be used in solving various puzzles throughout the game. Um, because the last game really was like an adventure game. There wasn't a whole lot of action to it. There were sections where you like ran away, but like the platforming was weird. It was kind of like predetermined and like it was really just an adventure game, an emotional adventure game. Uh, this one looks like it maybe will have a little bit more puzzle solving than the last one, but my guess is it has just as a heavy of a gut punch at the end as the last mm-hmm. one did. Um, if you haven't played Spirit of the North, I do recommend it. It's pretty short. It only takes a couple hours to get through. Uh, but be ready. It does uh, it does pull on the heartstrings a little bit. And then the second indie game that they showed that I want to discuss is a game called Still Wakes the Deep. This is the new game from the Chinese Room. That's the team behind the Amnesia franchise in Dear Esther. Um, this is a first-person horror adventure set on a haunted oil rig in the middle of the ocean that is slowly collapsing called Biera D. Um... I'm not sure what the goal of the game is, if it's just to escape or if it's to keep the oil rig afloat. I have no idea. Um, But there is a supernatural entity that has taken over the oil rig, and obviously that is the antagonist throughout the game. I don't know how you're supposed to fight him or anything like that. They don't really show anything along those ways in this trailer. Um, But the Chinese Room has made pretty good games in the past, and this is kind of its new crown jewel, and it was one of the other games I felt. Didn't they just delay or cancel something? They, weren't they working on? They, did they get the? They were just. They were, didn't they get the the vampire game recently? Weren't they the new developers on that Vampire Bloodlines two or something? Yes, they are. Yep. Yeah, they just picked it up after it was dropped. Yeah, I wonder how that's. And going. now they're saying it's not coming out till next year, but they've mm-hmm. already been working on that for like a year. Yeah, Vampire: The Masquerade Bloodlines two. They picked mm-hmm. up development on. And I think this is encouraging to see this game, knowing that they're working on that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, because this game technically seems up to scratch. Um, I think that's probably something people were concerned about with the smaller indie developer working on. I wouldn't call Vampire the Masquerade AAA, but no. it's generally handled it with has, a bigger budget. It has a pedigree. Yeah. Although I would argue that recently that that license does tend to be pretty low budget. Yeah, it does. <coughs> but more than most indie games. 
still like the budgets people be- have expectations of a bloodline sequel just because of the the you know the deus ex elements yep yeah and in the past i think people enjoyed those games this you game either, looks very gotta, claustrophobic <laughs> you either gotta meet that or you don't call it bloodlines yeah yeah that's totally true um, and that was pretty much it for the Xbox partner preview. So you can see why Matt didn't even pick up on the fact that it happened. And I was kind of disappointed. And that was sort of its inaugural blowout mm-hmm. to try to get people hooked in to that brand. So um, I don't see people, uh, I, I don't see people come running whenever they hear there's another Xbox partner preview on the way, like they do when they hear there's a Nintendo Direct on the way. So um, that's the latest third party stuff. It's kind of surprising the Xbox couldn't come up with stuff better than that but i don't know it is what it is so um and keep in mind too that most of these games are coming to other platforms these aren't third-party exclusives for xbox these are just random third-party games that they decided to cobble together for this event so there you go that's the first ever xbox partner preview our final topic for today's episode we're going to discuss a game that has turned into a sensation And I don't say that lightly. It really has turned into a sensation. It is a game called The Finals. It is a three versus three versus three. And in one mode, another versus three asymmetrical multiplayer game. And basically the objective of the game is go here, pick something up, take it over here, deposit it, and then defend the deposit point for X amount of time. That's the basic gist of how the game works. Um... There's much more to it than that. This game is supposed to come out in December of 2023. Right now there's a beta going on that I believe lasts until like November 6th, I think. It's still going on for a while. So after we talk about it, if you're interested in it, you can go and download it. It's available for PS5, Xbox Series, and PC. So all so PC and next-gen platforms. Um, As you can see, you start out by customizing your character. There are three sort of character archetypes. There's heavy, light, and medium, and those matter because those different archetypes give you access to different loadouts and different weapons and different gadgets that you can't use if you're using one of the other classes. Um, So once you choose heavy, light, or medium archetype, then you start picking your gear and all your weapons that you want to use. And then each one of those archetypes also have their own specializations. They're basically like supers or special abilities. There's a grapple hook. There's a cloaking device. Uh, there's a healing beam. There's a turret you can get. There's a goo gun. More on that later because it is one of kind of the, I don't know, defining features of the finals is the goo gun and the goo in general. Um, the game in general, I believe, could use a lot more customization options. It needs way more haircuts. It needs way more faces and things like that. Obviously, that's stuff that you can add over time. Um, and then so you, and after that, you choose your loadout for your character. You choose their style, so their clothing and things like that. You choose their emotes and their sprays, and then you're ready to go out into the world and have your first match. Now, this is going to be a free-to-play game as well. This game looks damn good for a free-to-play game, man. It's really crazy, Matt. Where free-to-play has gone at this point, like, you can't tell the difference. Like, looking at a game now, you cannot tell if it's free-to-play or if it's paid for. Free-to-play games look as good as games you pay $60, $70 for at this point. So, there's also gadgets that you get. Um, There's defibrillators, typical grenades, like four different grenade types. There's jump pads that you can throw down on the ground. This is a little bit like um, Hyperscape, Ubisoft's Hyperscape. There's a lot of verticality in this. No need to be mean. (laughs) Well, well, I'll say this. It's way better than Hyperscape. I'll say that right now. 
Uh, but there is a lot of verticalities. You can see there's these zip lines that you can get on to zip to places. <laughs> That's an interesting way to do that. Yeah. There's also jump pads. Again, there are some that are already in the environments, and then you can actually have them in your loadout and put them down wherever you want them if you want to create a path, an easy path to like the capture point or whatever. Um, you can also add your own zip lines if you want to as well. So you, they're already, again, already in the environment, or you can add them where you want to, again, to create an easy path to someplace in the map. Um, one thing I would say, the guns are surprisingly traditional. Like, they're all just real guns. Like, you would think in a game like this, they'd be all laser pistols and all this crazy... No, they're not. They fire typical ammunition. They're typical AK-47s, M16s. Although they're named something different, they all function kind of the same. And the unlocks in this are excruciatingly slow. I played this all weekend on and off. I never unlocked a new weapon. <laughs> never. Now, again, if you choose the different archetypes, heavy, light, or medium, it gives you access to different guns. But I never unlocked one playing. The unlocks in this are excruciatingly slow. And again, as a free-to-play game, you can already see the prices for them. And Matt, I'll just be honest with you. Even in this weekend, I was like, I would just pay for that. Hmm. And I guess it's free. Like, I'll be honest with you, Matt. Maybe I should be a little more open to giving money to free-to-play games. I have this weird thing where I, like, try to, like, play free-to-play games without spending any money to see if I can. Mm -hmm. This one, I think you may need to spend some money if you want to be competitive. Because in this game, like a lot of shooters, the guns that you have or do not have make a big difference. The same deal with the power-ups and the gadgets and having access to that stuff. Um, so yeah, the guns are surprisingly traditional for a sci-fi shooter. Um, and sometimes it does feel like it might just be easier to pay for a new gun than earning it. Um, also, I should mention, this game is from former Battlefield developers. So a bunch of dudes who were working on Battlefield defected, went and started their own studio, and this is their first game. Um, you can carry two weapons at a time. You can carry six gadgets at a time. But it also means that like selecting things, you have to open up like a weapon wheel, and I found that to be slow and cumbersome at times. Like, for example, like, I just want to throw a grenade. Well, you have to, like, bring up the rotary menu, select mm. it with the analog stick, then the grenade's in your hand. Like, Battlefield 1942 style. Yeah, I was not a fan of that at all. And my guess is that's something that they could change pretty quickly. And if they get feedback about it, maybe they will. But that was one thing I found a little bit cumbersome about the gameplay. That's funny because that's one of the that was one of the big innovations of early Call of Duty was just pull the trigger and right. throw the grenade. Yeah. Like, that was... The fact you had your grenade like always handy was like one of the big sudden like oh my god revelations of Metal Gear Solid two, or not Metal Gear Solid uh, yeah. Call of Duty two. Yeah. Well, the big revelation about this game, Matt, is that everything is destructible. Everything again. That Battlefield pedigree, totally mm -hmm. their destruction guy is on this team, and it's amazing. So as I mentioned, the loop is you pick up a bot like there's a box full of credits, or you pick up like these coins. And you take them someplace and you deposit them. Once you deposit them, a timer starts counting down before you actually earn that amount. You have to defend that spot. Well, because the world is destructible, you have to basically stay on your toes in 360 degrees on that Z-axis. Because there are things in this game that are made to work with 360 degrees. So, for example... Like, you'll capture stuff in these machines. They almost look like soda machines. You walk up to them, you hold triangle, it deposits your currency, and you have to defend it. Well, it's a soda machine. So the enemy, don't be surprised if they go to the floor below the soda machine, put a charge on the ceiling, and it blows it up, and then the soda machine falls down like two stories down to the ground or whatever. That's what happens in this game. It is full 
360 degrees. And it's not just that. It's like sometimes you think you're safe. You're in a corner trying to defend your currency, waiting for it to finish. And you're like, oh, I'm going to keep my gun trained on the door. Doors do not matter in this. They will blast the ceiling right above you and shoot you. You are never safe in this game. It is awesome. And I will fully admit, I sucked at this all weekend. The people who have been playing it for a while, what I ended up doing for the most part was like, I would die and I would watch. Like if I figured out that I had one a good player among my three person squad, after I died, I would watch them play. And it is amazing what people are doing in this game. So you have the destruction, but you can also build. So I was talking earlier about the goo gun or whatever. So there's goo in this game where you, there's even like canisters that you can find laying around that you can throw that explode and turn into this wall of goo. And if you get good at it, you can actually build walls around like as you're trying to capture, you can use it to defend the machine, but then they come in from underneath and they put the charge on the floor and it falls through the floor. It's, you never know what's going to happen in this game. Like, I have not played a shooter like this in, I don't know how long. Maybe 10, 12 years, Matt, since I've played a shooter that felt as fresh and innovative as this game. And again, I sucked at it. I didn't care. I was having so much fun playing this and learning the ins and outs of the game. I didn't care about how competitive I was at it at all. And I will say this. I feel like the guns feel like crap in this. I felt like I could not hit the broadside of a barn with the gun in this. But again... All I ever had were the iron sights. I never got a red dot sight. I never got anything like that because the unlocks are so damn slow. So anyway, here you see, this is one of the currency boxes. You have to physically carry it to the drop-off point, insert it into the machine, and then defend it for X amount of time. So now you're seeing it. There's the machine that you insert it into. Now here's where the challenge begins because the other team gets alerted to it. They get an icon on their map saying, hope. They're capturing some points. You better go over there. And they can come and they can take over the machine and take your points from you. Now, it takes a long time because they will also have to... It's right there. Perfect example of what I'm talking about. Um, there it is. Like he, blow, he distracted me by blowing up the ceiling so I would look up and then he enters the room and shoots me in the face. That's what this game allows you to do. As you can see, there's fire. Everything's flammable. You can totally get caught in like a group of trees and the guy comes through with fire and just sets the whole woods on fire and you burn to death. It's insane. There is a reason why this game exploded over the weekend. Um, they got so popular, they had to start setting up queues to get into the servers. This was also announced, by the way, in that Xbox partner thing, but I didn't want to bring it up, obviously, because we we're going to talk about it separately. This beta was. Um... I just had a total blast playing this game, even though I was doing terrible at it. People in the game were great too, like helping me figure out how to play it, learning the ins and outs of it. There's gonna be a league structure in the game. So if you get really seriously into it for esports, like all that stuff is there. The structure is there for it. It looks amazing. It plays really fast. I had no problem. Here's the crazy thing, Matt. The whole world can be destroyed. I never saw the game slow down. Hmm. The whole world can crumble down around you. Like right there, perfect example. See what they did? They blew the floor and dropped the box, the capture box, down onto the ground. It's, again, I've never, I don't know if I've ever played a shooter like this, to be honest, Matt. And I've played them all. I mean, it kind of looks like what they should, with the direction they should have gone after Bad Company 2. Yeah. There's no plot to this, really. It's just a premise. You're in a game show in the future. There's Smash TV style announcers saying, like, get the coins. You captured the coins. It's like there's a TV yeah, show the, going on yeah, while the, you're most of the most of the talk I've seen about this industry-wise has been the fact that they use AI for the yeah for the acting. voices and you can tell yeah. it 
Because they say stuff wrong. Yeah, because they're because <laughs> they're terrible and it's terrible and they can go fuck themselves. Yeah, seriously, I, I agree. Um, it's scummy that they did that, and you can see it. You can hear it. You can. They say the wrong things. They they speak yeah. improper English. Like, and it's like the statement about it was like, oh, it gives us much more flexibility in terms of having to only wait weeks for this instead of months for a recording session. And, oh. and I'm like, dude, just say you did it because it's cheaper. Like, don't. No one fucking believes that shit. Just tell the truth. Like, just say you did it to save money. You're a small developer. You're making a really ambitious game. We want to save some money. We didn't want to spend six figures on fucking voice actors. So we did this and cut them out of the picture. And we're costing some people some jobs. But in the end, you get the game and it, where you might not have gotten the game otherwise. It's free to play. That's fine. Yeah. It's like the thing where it's like Kojima said that the quiet doesn't wear clothes because of very important <laughs> thematic reasons. And then the Dragon's Crown guys is like, it's like, no, I like looking at boobs and asses. And it's like, it was like, cool. <laughs> okay, yeah, just, just be honest. Just be honest. Just yeah. tell us the truth. Like, it's, Look, yeah. I will forgive a lot of people who are honest. To yeah. be sure. Yeah. Like, they, their statement today made things worse because they're making up all these stupid excuses. And it's just like, just, it was cheaper. Just, it's cheaper. Just say it. Yeah. So, the guns in this, I never found one that I really like to use. The pistols were okay. The assault rifle I used, I felt like it I, looks like old battlefield gunplay yeah. to me. I could not hit a the broadside of a barn in this game. I hopefully they tweak it a little. bit. There are bit. elements of this that I'm just like, oh, some of this feels like a natural evolution of like what Bad Company Two did, but some of it looks like going back to Bad Company yeah. Two days. The other thing too is the defend time is way too long, man. It's like you pick up one of those cubes, or you have a bunch of coins, and you take it to the capture place. It's literally like four minutes. You have to sit there and defend the capture before you can get the points. Like, it's way too long. They totally need to tweak it. I love the mode, and I think the idea is great. It's just, I want to score more. Like, we let's score it. Let's move to a different part of the map and rinse and repeat. Like, what happens is you end up spending almost the whole match time on one capture because it because it goes back and forth oh they wiped all of us now they're trying to capture it now me and my team show up and we wipe them out and now we're trying and it just turns into this endless loop of nothing happening so that's very simple things that they can tweak with no problem and i'm hoping that they do for the final release again it's supposed to come out before the end of the year we'll see if that actually happens um you also you basically have endless respawns however when you die you have to sit and wait um, and it's actually, it worked out good for me because that taught me how to play the game, watching my teammates play while I waited for my respawn timer to click down. But if you're one of those people who wants to, like, if you're a big Call of Duty player, you like being able to jump right back in as soon as you die. That is not a part of this game. Again, it's a little bit more like Battlefield. Shocker. I know. Considering the people who made this are also Battlefield developers. Um, but otherwise, like, this game is freaking great, man. Like, the foam stuff, there's not a lot of it in the B-roll, unfortunately, and that's my mistake. I should have made sure it was in here. Watching somebody who's really good with the foam gun or with the canister, you can pick up anything in this game and throw it as well, by the way. So you can throw a canister at someone and kill them with it. There's explosive canisters that you can throw and it will explode. But the goo stuff is really the game changer in this. Like, because people can set up like defensive walls around the capture points. They can go above and below the floors and make it difficult for them to go above or below and put the charges on the floor or on the ceiling. There's just so much strategy to this. Um, and again, I think with a couple very simple tweaks, um, it could be very, very good. There's a reason why this has become so popular very quickly because you play it and very quickly realize how different it is from anything else on the market. And it's free. It's going to be free to play. Um, so I'm a big fan of the finals. Like having already played through the Modern Warfare 3 beta, um, by the way, I think I get review code for that tomorrow. But having already played through the Modern Warfare 3 beta, which is a paid game, 
I found this way more fun and way more different and way more unique. It made me think in ways Call of Duty has never made me think. So I think the finals looks awesome. Um, if you were wondering why everyone's talking about it and why it's this big thing on social media, it, it deserves it. It is that good. So again, it's supposed to come out um, before the end of the year. It is coming to PC and next gen. And again, this beta is live and I just found it here in my notes until November 5th. So you have until the 5th to download it and give it a go. I think if you do, you'll find yourself addicted to it just like I was. And I'll tell you what, playing this didn't make it any easier to go back and play Alan Wake 2, Matt. Because <laughs> this is just like nonstop insanity at all times. The whole world's crumbling around you. It's on fire. There's goo. And like, it's just, it's crazy. So I had a blast playing the finals. Um, I think most people, if you enjoy shooters, I think you will too. You should definitely give it a go. Again, there's an open beta right now that you can play on PlayStation 5, Xbox Series, or PC. Any questions about the finals, Matt? No. I think you might actually enjoy the finals. Somewhat. I'm going to wait and see what they how they settle out with this voice actor thing. I understand because that. Because that is garbage. Keep in mind, I played this before that broke. Mm-hmm. But I will say this. I noticed it. Oh, it's very playing. obvious when you hear it. You're just like, oh, yeah, that's, those aren't. <laughs> yeah. I was like, they used AI. And then yeah. on Monday or whatever, like it came out that, in fact, they had used AI. So I... I hear you. So yeah, there's a bunch of jo- clearly a bunch of written jokes in there, and the AI doesn't understand how to inflect them, and so yeah. they, it's like listening to aliens commentate. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, uh, the announcers I do not think are AI. I think like the announcer in the game is like it announces when you score or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think those are real humans. No, they're all AI. They are all, all the AI. Voice, all the voice acting is AI, and all the effort stuff, the grunts, and the those are the de- develop in-house developers. Interesting. But there are no real voice actors. The announcer, I never what picked up on it. Because the announcer is a little more bombastic and out there, but like yeah. the, the, the commentators are trying to have a conversation, and it's not working. Yeah. It's bizarre. So anyway, there you go. That's the finals. I really enjoyed it. And again, you guys can all go out and play it if you want to. Yeah, I will also say uh, Silk Snake is correct. That name sucks. The finals. The finals sucks. The thing too. Terrible name. Well, the thing too is that the final, if you notice, it's plastered all over the maps, everywhere. The finals. The final. It's everywhere. Finals of what? It's this is called the game. That's the game show. That's what the game show. Right, but like it's it doesn't tell you anything. They announced like you want to make it to the finals. Right, but it's just the most generic thing. Like I would never look at this game twice off that name. It's it's a terrible name. Yep. Uh, Talimper, thank you for Twitch Prime. I just want to see if there's any questions in here about it. Uh, AJ the Legend asks, so is this a test bed for those former Battlefield devs to establish a totally new IP with story and such to compete with Call of Duty or a big middle finger to EA? I don't think the objective here is to, like, this is their first game and then eventually they're going to create this mm-hmm. cinematic, like, Call of Duty type campaign. I don't, I'm I, sure they'd love to get there, but I think, you know, one thing at a time. I think they just want to make a ton of money off a of free-to-play game. Like, honestly. Like a lot of developers, and are, if that's successful, I'm sure they consider doing maybe. like a more advanced thing like that. But I hopefully they'd hire real people to voice it. Talimper points out 100k players on Steam for it right now. In the middle of the day, there's 100,000 people playing it on Steam right now. It's there's a reason. It's good. Mm-hmm. I really had a lot of fun with it. And it ain't frostbite. Nope, it's not. Okay, we. Uh, I don't think we're going to have any time, unfortunately, for Q&A. And we don't have any time for Name That Game either. We just had too many games in this week's episode, which I think is totally fine. Um, I wish we could do more episodes like this. Uh, so let's check in with you guys here. Uh, JM Rain, what's up, man? Thank you for gifting the Tier 1 subs. I think we already hit the hype train. No, we're on level 3. Or did we already hit... 
all the way and has come back around to level three. I don't remember. I don't either. I think I missed it. Um, Clay UK Garage 1988. Shane, I love your Run DMC outfit. Thank you, man. I have to admit, at this point, I'm pretty damn hot. <laughs> it's like polyester and I'm wearing a hat. Um, but anyway, I have had this outfit since I went to my first rave. I bought this outfit to go to my first rave back in the 90s. Hmm. And I've only worn it maybe 10 times in my whole life because it's not just something that you just wear every day. <laughs> uh, but Jam Rain, thank you, man, for all those tier one subs to our community. Again, show up at twitch.tv slash siftedgames and you'll get free subs from our fans. That's just the way it is. Um, Ammo Clip 20, thank you for subscribing at tier one. That's awesome. Um, a chav. I don't know what a chav is. What is that? It's a, um, it's kind of a low class sort of thug, white trash sort of equivalent in Britain. No, interesting. I wonder if they call, so they call ravers chavs in chavs. Chav. I've never heard that word before. Interesting. Um, let's see. Oh, Vincent says it was at like level seven at the beginning, and this is a new run of the hype train. Amazing. And for that, I'm going to give y'all a round of applause. Snake is whining in MPS3 because it's first official mission. He said he'd been a Green Beret for like Green Berets shouldn't be whining in the field. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, that doesn't make any goddamn sense. <laughs> oh. Uh, before we get out of here, though, we have something very important to do. Although I would argue that our coverage of Alan Wake 2 was probably the best ad we could have given SoundWizardy.com because they worked on it and we said the audio was incredible. Still, let's just remind you of the awesome resume of SoundWizardry.com. Experience the realm of extraordinary audio with Sound Wizardry. With a decade-long journey in sound design, we animate your movies and video games with the breadth of sound. Our wide-ranging services include sound design, foley, sound mixing and mastering, audio implementation, dialogue mastering, and the crafting of unique sound effects from freshly recorded material. Our portfolio contains Baldur's Gate 3, Steven Universe, Alan Wake 2, Gwent, Cyberpunk 2077, and more. Visit soundwizardry.com and let us transmute your vision into an auditory marvel. So I should just mention before we go that soundwizardry.com has now worked on the audio on two Game of the Year contenders, Baldur's Gate 3 and now Alan Wake 2. You think they're going to... You think Alan Wake 2 is going to end up in the Game of the Year nominees? On it's things? a 9.2 or whatever Metacritic. It has to be, right? Otherwise, no, you're not standing beside your scores, right? No, it doesn't at all. <laughs> well, not for us. I mean, I don't think it's going to be in our discussion, but... I don't... I, if you I, gave that I, game a 9.3... Unless they're expanding their nominees list to, like, 10, I don't think Alan Wake will make it into most of those. I mean, let's be honest. It has been an amazing year of game releases. It so. has, but also... I think some people in editorial will be a little more realistic than the people who gave it the scores in the first place. That's possible. Yeah. I do not believe for one second that everybody on that editorial team and whatever, whoever gave it a 9.4 or whatever agrees with that. Yeah. Well, before we go. And it's going to be between Zelda and Baldur's Gate anyway, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. I mean, it like the most of the outlet. Not for me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like... Well... That brings us to a close for Game Face episode 364 on this awesome Halloween. It was great to dress up for you guys. Great to celebrate Halloween with you guys. Um, 
Just a reminder for people who are watching the show on YouTube or who are listening to it on any of the podcast services, and it's on all of them. If you'd like to support us, please head to patreon.com slash sifted. That's S-I-F-T-D. You can pledge whatever you want per month, but $4 per month gets you all our content early. You get Game Face four days early. You get Pactor Factor a week early. You get all the rest of our content at least three days early. We'd really appreciate it. And if you can't afford to help us with real money, um, if you are an Amazon Prime subscriber, you can help us out with Twitch Prime. You can give us a free $2.50 every month. Once you've connected your accounts, it literally takes three seconds every month to give us that free $2.50, and we'd really appreciate it. And if you can't do that, just review the show on whatever podcast service you're listening to, or if you're watching this on YouTube, like the show, make sure you subscribe, do all that YouTube stuff that we never ask anybody to do, and maybe we should. Um, all that stuff helps in the end. The reviews on the podcast services are a big help because that's how search works for the podcast. So if somebody searches for video games and we have a bunch of reviews, we'll pop up and people will give us a listen. And I'm pretty confident if they listen to our show, they're going to keep listening to it. So... That's it for Game Phase 364. I'm trying to figure out what my embargo is going to be for Modern Warfare 3, but I think we'll be able to talk about it in next week's show, I believe. Uh, there's a couple big games coming out here over the next couple days, too. So next week's show is going to be another really good one. It's going to probably be that way until the third week of November, and that's when things start to slow down a little bit, and then we'll start talking about our Game of the Year stuff and all that other fun jazz. So, uh, yeah. Another great episode. Happy Halloween to everybody. I'll give you guys one last sound effect from Halloween. <laughs> everybody, have yourselves a great week. Game Face is up and out.